Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I love doing that, Drew. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Good variety in there. (laughs) I know. You are listening to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast. We talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. That's really whatever Drew wants to talk about, really, is, is a whole lot more. He, he runs the show, guys. Don't let you don't <laughs> let anyone else fool you. It is season four, episode 38. It is the weekend of September 24th. We're almost done with September. Boy, is this month flown. You are listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Pelter from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here. Drew, it is like 45 degrees right now. Okay, I, I lie. It's 53 degrees right now. I am freezing. I am sitting in a sweatshirt. I'm so cold. How are you doing in sunny Dallas? We are just the opposite right now. I mean, here we are on a Saturday morning it's what just it's nine o'clock in the morning here and it's already 80 degrees. That, that's just not right for uh, almost October. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I'm so jealous. It's but it was fall first day of fall the other day. And it is fall here in New England. I know fall is a great time in New England, but I, I like when it's like 85, 90 degrees. I can go to the pool. I go to the beach and and get some sun. I just uh, it's not, it's a nice day out, but it's cold. It's free 53 degrees, my friend. It's, it's yep. fall. Yep. Well, welcome, Drew. Why don't you let people know how they can follow you on uh, YouTube? Because I love your YouTube channel and you always have great content. Of course. Yeah. If you just uh, go to youtube.com slash DFW Graffer or look up DFW Graffer on there, you can also go to my website, which is dfwgraffer.com and find links to everything that I do on there. So it'll take you to YouTube, to Twitter, to Instagram, to uh, the Facebook groups I run. All that kind of stuff is right there, along with info on all of the sets that I'm collecting, any articles I've written, stuff like that. It's all right there at dfwgraffer.com. Guys, Drew collects like 8 million sets, so you can help him out. I'm sure you can help him out. Drew loves to trade as well, so check it out. Drew, why don't you let people know about our radio show, uh, Of course, Club. Yeah, if you tune in on the uh, SportsMap Radio Network, you should have an affiliate nearby, and if you don't, you can download their app in either the Apple or Android app stores, Google Store, whatever you want to call that whole thing. I've I'm not up to date on the tech lingo here exactly, as you can probably tell. But yeah, we pl- we uh, have our show on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern. Same show running both times there. And uh, you can check us out at sportscollectorsclub.com. If you miss any past episodes or want any other info, it's all right there. Drew, I'm fighting this stupid COVID. It's like boomerang COVID. It came back Oof. to me the other day. So I'm, oh, I'm like, my, if my voice cracks it's not because i'm hitting puberty again it's my i'm still fighting this covid but you know my, uh, my wife had the same thing happen when we had it it went away and she had it for like a week or so started going away started going away started going away then bam hit her really hard for one more day and then it was gone after that so 
hopefully you're on the uh, on the back end of it right there yeah i had two days and i'm, I'm kind of feeling a, a little better today but i still have I, I still have that scratchy cough voice so i was talking to less uh, Wolf the other day and he's he had it too and he's like you know what you might have a cough for a little while so we'll see so I will I, I'm playing hurt but I, I I'm still playing well I, I had a pretty good week I actually picked up uh, tickets to the Patriots alumni event which is going to be Sunday October 30th in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium they'll have I think I have 25 or 30 uh, Patriots alumni there so hopefully I'll be getting a bunch of autographs I actually got a uh, a football to get autographs so uh, just that came in the other day and then i picked up two tops blaster boxes on uh at target target.com and i'm waiting for them to come in i, I don't know if what uh, i'm going to get in terms of if i'm going to get with the the rookie cards inserted or not i'm not quite sure we'll talk about that a little with tops chrome mess ups but i'm looking forward to getting it how was joe week it was good it was good um got a couple of uh, items in in trade actually one of them right here that is the uh, Andres Jimenez high number of uh, the uh, Heritage set signed by him, nice. a friend of mine out, out in Ohio. was able to get that for me. Uh, went down to the uh, San Antonio uh, Missions and Frisco Rough Riders game. And uh, they had their playoff game. They actually they played a best of three playoff series and Frisco swept it, actually. They won the uh, game in Frisco, went down to San Antonio, won the second one there. So they got a extra day off. They'll be playing in the uh, Texas League Championship Series this weekend. But Good graphing down there. I was able to get, uh, let's see, Justin Foscue and Jonathan Ornelas each on one card. Aaron Zavala on a card as well. Um, top prospects, Evan Carter and Thomas Sejaci, both on uh, two cards each. Carter was for my uh, Heritage set. Also got him for a friend's Heritage set. And Sejaci, just a couple of random ones. Over on the San Antonio side, I got a Jordan Guerrero on a card that I've had since 2018. He was in the uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps team set in 2018. And uh, so I've been holding on to that card for a few years. He ended up going up to AAA, now back down to AA here. And so uh, I was able to get him on that. Also, uh, Domingo Leyva and Tirso Ornelas on three cards each. And I suddenly am having luck on Jorge Onya after he was, after I was like, oh, for life on him up until this year. He signed two for me last time that I saw him, then signed the last three cards I had of him this time. So uh, one of those is going to a friend there as well. So yeah, overall did pretty well there with the, uh, uh, missions in the Rough Riders is going to be uh, going hopefully to the championship series game that'll be in Frisco on Sunday. I believe uh, it's Wichita that they're playing against. Somehow, somehow Wichita got past Tulsa, which was a real surprise. I figured Tulsa was going to blast them out of the water. You've seen Wichita, right? You've seen them play a couple times? Yeah, I've seen both uh, Wichita and Tulsa each uh, once this season. They both came into Frisco late this year. Great. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we got guys. We have a really fun show for you this week. We had a lot of a uh, lot of interviews, a lot of content for you. Uh, had the pleasure of interviewing Matt Deutsch. Matt uh, used to work at Sirius uh, in, uh, XM Radio, doing. He was in charge of the Fantasy uh, Network, and now he has started his own uh, radio network, online radio network. It's called Better Sports Network, and we're going to talk to Nat, uh, Matt about his new network, which his hand is going to cover betting fantasy and collectibles so we're going to talk to matt about his new network we uh, spoke with lyle blackwood lyle blackwood of course played for 14 years in the nfl with a bunch of teams including cincinnati and he played for the seattle seahawks in their inaugural season and he played for the miami dolphins he, of course he played with his brother uh in uh 
Glenn and they formed the Bruce Brothers in the 80s. And we're going to talk to Lyle about uh, his career and, and uh, signing autographs. And guys, Lyle's a collector. He's, he is a, a card collector extraordinaire. So we're going to talk to him about his collection as well. And then, of course, we have Les Wolf. Les Wolf comes on and we have more from Les, our, our uh, industry expert. And now uh, we talked to Les about kind of what's been going on in the uh, in the news in uh, the last couple of weeks. So uh, Les will be joining us. And then next week, we were supposed to have them on this week, but they had schedule problems. So we had to uh, postpone our interview until next week. So next week, we're going to have Scott Tarter from DroppingDimes.org and Darnell Hillman who was an ABA legend. He actually won the first ABA dunk contest. They're going to join us. And we're going to talk to catch up with Tim Virgilio from Signatures to Soldiers and find out uh, what's up with them. So that'll be next week. This week, we have Matt Deutsch, Lyle Blackwood, and Les Wolf. Next week, the ABA guys and Tim from Signatures to Soldiers. So we have all that stuff, plus all our regular segments. Right, Drew? Exactly. We've got, of course, Baker's Dozen, which is going to cover all of the hobby news from the past week. Fast forward football. We'll make our football picks. Hopefully you don't uh, trust us on those. Uh, we've got uh, more from Les. We're going to hear from Les Wolf, as you mentioned earlier. Matt Deutsch from the Better Sports Network in our interview. Making the Grade, where we cover everything in the world of grading. We also get our uh, stamp of approval, where we will give our thumbs up to something, anything from the past week. Could be literally anything that we're, uh, that we're liking from the past week. The Vern Rap Minute, where we'll cover any debts in the world of sports, celebrity, politics, music, movies, anything that's uh, anything like that. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM returns. Very good, Drew. You do it. You do that the best. Guys, we love to hear from you. Send us a text. Send us a, a text to our text line, 978-729-0662. Once again, it's 978-729-0662. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. There you go. He, he gets paid for another week. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail, my friend. Checks in the yes. mail. <laughs> I hear well, my pick doubles up. each time that I say it, too. So That's uh, right. It's a nickel every time you say it. So that's why yes. we, we, we get in as many times as possible. Uh, that wraps up our introductions. Uh, next up, we're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. So as I cough up a lung, excuse me, guys, sorry about that. It's time for Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. I uh, just want to remind everyone, check out my articles on TTMing and autograph collecting on sportscollectorsdaily.com. That's sportscollectorsdaily.com. My article posts usually Tuesday morning, so you can check it out. And uh, Drew, Drew helps on it sometimes, so make sure you check it out. We we get all my TTM successes. We have some autograph tips on there. It's a fun article. Check it out on sportscollectorsdaily.com.
Well, Joe, I don't know. What do we have? Should we have trumpets for this? Should we have fanfare? Do we have crowds cheering? What, what should we do for this one? All of the above. All of the above. Well, guys, <laughs> we want to welcome a brand new sponsor. Uh, our, sponsor our brand new sponsor is Drip Shop Live. It's dripshop.live. And dripshop.live is an online, live online marketplace of sports cards. And they also have like gaming, like Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and Dragon Ball and that kind of stuff. But uh, they have sports cards. And what they do, they have giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, and uh, single cards. And it's all right there, right from <coughs> your phone or desktop. So sorry about coughing dur during the, this introduction, guys. But check it out. They're our brand new sponsor. They're offering uh, $15 off at your first purchase of $20 or more. So that's right, guys. You can get into a break, buy a box, whatever and i saved 15 dollars. so really for 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 five dollars because you only have to spend 20 dollars, you can get into one of these these boxes or one of these breaks so check it out shipping is always free it's always free on drip shop you're going to go to dripshop.live forward slash invite forward slash ttm that's the that's the key it is available on our our website you can check the links right at the links on the website ttmcast dot com and uh you can just click on click on their link under the sponsor uh thing and they'll take it right there but it's drip shop dot dot live forward slash invite forward slash ttm and you'll save fifteen dollars off your first purchase of twenty dollars or more so i want to welcome drip shop live guys check it out give them a try it's a cool marketplace and they will be with us until the end of the year so we are uh, hoping for big things and, and please help uh check them out drip shop live dripshop.live welcome to the, the show welcome to the ttm cast family guys get guys check them out well drew what mm -hmm. are we is this a whoops is this a oh my goodness uh i mean wait 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 when you're you're lying in bed and you work for tops and you 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 you, you said did i did i uh did I did I proof everything? Did I make sure the the the, the boxes are, are wrapped right? And uh, tops really messed up on this one, Drew. Yeah, they did. That's uh, I mean, anytime you forget to include a major uh, subsection of cards, ouch. That's all I can say there. I mean, that's uh, I mean, I don't even know how you can possibly do that at all. That's just, I mean, oh, wow. I'm 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 speechless on this one. I know. Of course, we're talking about the 2022 Topps Chrome. They uh, did. They promoted the heck out of this that they had five of the key rookies as short prints, and they were supposed to be included in the hobby boxes and in the the blaster boxes and such. And you know what? Oops! <laughs> Oops! Wow. Somebody at Topps or somebody at their printer or somebody at their fulfiller or I don't know. They messed up. They forgot to include them, Drew. I don't. I still don't know how it happened. I don't even know how that passes by quality control. Because I mean, they're supposed to go through and they pick like a box at random, open it up, make sure that you know what's supposed to be in that box or in that case. Sometimes even is all in there. How, know, how, how does that? How many people that? have? You work at a big company. I worked at a big company. How many people have to sign off something before something goes live to the public? Right. Yeah. I mean that's. With Panini, that's the biggest thing they do is, I mean, they'll have somebody there at the, uh, they'll go to the packaging facility, they will pull out a random case and uh, open it up, make sure that everything that's supposed to be in that case is in it, 
and you're all set to go. As long as it's all good, then boom, you know, ship it. Let's go. How do, I don't know how Tops misses on this. I mean, it seems like that should be an industry standard kind of a thing that you do right there. Yeah, supposedly that they're they're rectifying the situation by having these silver packs that are going to include these rookie short prints and I don't know other cards because it can't be just rookie short prints because then all of a sudden the rookie short prints aren't rookie short prints anymore because they're out there in in packs and everyone just gets those and doesn't worry about buying the boxes. So I'm not quite sure uh, how they're going to do it. And, and, uh, you know, if you bought uh, one of these these Chrome Chrome, uh, Hobby boxes uh, secondhand, you know what I mean? You bought them from from a second retailer you're out of luck, I think. And, and uh, you know, I'm not sure what the retail guys, the, the targets and, and David Adams and these other guys, I'm sure they'll, they'll get them into your hands somehow. But uh, you know, I bought a couple of blaster boxes is, is target sending me a pack of these things. I don't, I don't know. We, it's all kind of up in the air. So I saw that the hobby boxes that were going for about $300 are now available for about 180 bucks. I think $185. Uh, because they don't include any of the short prints. Now the rookie autographs are in there, and the, all the other stuff is in there. But the, the these uh, short prints of uh, it's Wit, Torkelson, Rodriguez, um, and I forget who the other two guys are. But you know the guys that everyone wants. So, um, well, oh well, I you know, <laughs> well, we 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 just hope it was just an accident and it wasn't on purpose. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I. I get it. Accidents do happen. As I said on the radio show, I once printed 50,000 pocket schedules for a junior hockey team that I worked for and accidentally got the colors for home and away games switched on them. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand screw ups, believe me, after right. that one, but it's like, God, I mean, there should be, there's so many, there should be so many safety nets in place for something like that, that I just, I don't understand how that can slip through like that. Yeah, well, hopefully it get, gets rectified, and hopefully as a none of, no, none of the collectors get hurt from it. But um, I don't know; it's just just a weird thing. Well, Drew, um, it, this one it files under. I'm not quite sure what I would do. What would you do if uh, if if you caught Iron Judge's 60th home run ball? Honestly, I think I would do something pretty similar to what the guy who actually caught it did. I mean, he. Uh caught the home run and said, no, I'm not going to keep it. I want to give it back to judge. It belongs to him. You know, it's his milestone and everything. And he got a bat and some autographs in exchange. And I mean, I probably would do something similar. I'm not, you know, a Yankees fan or anything. So I wouldn't have any reason to have that as like a crown jewel of my collection or anything like that. I'd love the six figure payday it could get from, you know, some collector or something like that. But no, I mean, the thing is, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm not a Yankees fan. I don't, you know, I'm not like a huge judge Homer or anything like that either. But at the same time, it's like, he's not a bad guy as far as I know. I mean, I've only heard good things about the guy typically. So, you know, he seems like, you know, it's, I don't know, it just seems right to me to give it to him. So for him to get, you know, a couple of autographs out of it and everything, I'd take that, get my, uh, you know, Hey, sign my heritage set cards that I need signed. <laughs> give me like a signed ball, a signed bat, give those to me in exchange for this. Oh, hell yeah. I will take that payday. I will gladly take that. I wouldn't. I I'd sell the ball. <laughs> I mean, the, we're talking. We're going to talk about it a little later. But the Brady ball went for what one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, this ball's got to be worth two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars, especially now. I mean, I would. I literally put it up for sale tomorrow. Um, you know, because all of a sudden, you know, he's going to get. We think he's going to get sixty-five home runs, sixty-six home runs. What do you think his number is? I really don't know. I mean, it's at least get, it's going to definitely pass the magical, you know, 61 mark there. And I think, I mean, yeah, 66 
is doable. I don't think he's going to get to the 70 mark, but I could see, I mean, yeah, 60, mid 60s, I think is definitely a possibility there. Still 60s special. It's it ties Babe Ruth. It's a, right. it's a nice even number, you know, right. um, there, there, there is some value to it, but uh, you know, the kid was 20 years old and honestly he should have kept it and, and sold it the next day, but we'll see. Well, I want to congratulate our friends at buysportscards.com. They've hit another milestone. They have 2.5 million cards listed in their marketplace now. Um, 650 uh, listings with 500,000 unique cards. So I just want to uh, congratulate Connor and his team on that. Um, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment. Guys, check out buysportscards.com. This is not a commercial. This is just, we just like, we just, uh, uh, congratulate um a young company that's growing and we really uh think it's good for the hobby to have another place where we can uh buy sports cards buy sports cards so check out buysportscards.com drew starting lineups are out they are yeah i mean we've been uh, talking about this for a while now i mean a few groups on facebook that have been uh dedicated mostly to the older starting lineup figures they've been excited about those coming out but uh you've got uh jason tatum Jonas is on one of them trey young lebron Big names right there. So really cool to see those in the stores. The problem is, though, that price tag is, I mean, this is insanity level to me. $50 for these figures. That is, I mean, that gives me. What, 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 what were they in back in the day? They were like $3.99 or something, right? Those yeah, they're like, you know, 4 bucks to 7 bucks, somewhere in that range, depending on the year and everything, depending on where you find it at. Now, of course, then you get the uh, secondhand seller. So, you know, any of the card shops can scoop them up at that price and then throw them up on their store for, you know, $40 each. It's like, well, how am I going to get my favorite player? Well, tough. You should have found it in the store then. So I think it's kind of an F you right back at those guys, <laughs> but I'm sitting here going like, well, great. I mean, when they put out any, you know, Cavs, Guardians, Browns, Penguins or anything like that, what the hell am I going to do? I'm not going to throw on $50 on that. 20 bucks, maybe I would do 10 bucks. Definitely. But 50, uh, no, no. It's I know I was going to get the Tatum one, but I can't see spending $50 on it. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's too bad because we were, we, you and I were both looking forward to it. We both liked t uh, starting lineups back in the day. Um, uh, is it a money grab? I don't know. It's there. I mean, they're night. They're neat. I don't know if you've seen them. They are, they are class A great looking uh, figurines. They don't, yeah. they don't have that. I don't know. Plastic, you know, um, army man look that the older ones did, I guess, but, <laughs> but they're still, they're still, uh, I don't know. $50 is a lot. Well, um, we have a new release coming up that I just want to let everyone know. Um, Panini Prism World Cup cards are, are due out on, on November 2nd. World Cup, of course, is the uh, November 20th. I believe there's going to be 12 packs per box, 12 cards per pack, and there's going to be one auto per box. Um, don't know a price yet, and we will have Clemente Lise on in a couple of weeks to talk about the, the release and, and everything that's going on with the World Cup. But uh, I just we saw I saw that and I thought, you know, we've been covering World Cup and Panini is a great company. So Panini Prism World Cup cards are due out November 2nd. Got some uh, new auction news coming in here. We've got a golden auction starting up a uh, new online auction starts on well, bids will close on October 1st. So you got about another week or so to get in on that. Some really cool stuff going on there, though. They have a, a PSA 1.5. T206 Honus Wagner. It sold for $2.28 million back in May. You might be able to snag that at the bargain price of only $1 million. That's what the opening bid is on it, at least. I bet it's going to surpass that, though, pretty easily and might even surpass that, uh, that uh, sell price that it had back in May there. I mean, that Wagner card is always in demand, no matter what the 
no matter what the quality of it is. Yep, there's only um, six. There's only sixty of them. Exactly. I mean, even even a completely near shredded one is still gonna still gonna sell for good money. Also, a 1938 Brooklyn Dodgers uniform worn by their third base coach Babe Ruth is on there as well. Four hundred thousand dollar opening bid on that one. So, like I said, GoldenAuctions.com is running that one. Bids are gonna close on October first. If you hit the lottery tomorrow, say you hit two hundred million. What would you buy a Wagner? Would you buy a, a, a 52 mantle? Is there one card that you just like would, would really want to have in your collection? Ooh, there, I mean, I can think of a few that I'd want to be looking for. I don't know. I definitely would go for one of those two. It'd be a, it'd be literally a coin flip on which one though. Me too. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I Wagner only because there's so few of them. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of the mantle cards, but to get a wag to get a Wagner in good condition because most of the Wagners that are out there are like 1.5s or ones or even yeah. worse. You know, what I mean, they're all they're not in great condition. Right, right. So, so I don't know, but I, I, I would just I don't know. It'd be cool to own a Wagner. I think <laughs> I just yeah. I just think it'd be cool. Well, t- we were talking about this earlier. The 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 Brady last touchdown, and we use that in quotes, right? The Tom I, Brady last touchdown. Uh, pass that was caught by mike evans he threw it into the stands and it sold uh shortly after that for five hundred eighteen thousand dollars by leland auctions uh well that was before brady retired i think brady is sold and then like two days later brady unretired right i think yeah. it's that, it was that close it was really he, he, they sold it and then like two days later brady decided to come out, out of retirement so that football uh sold on leland's auction the other day for $129,658. So, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't half a million dollars, but still $130,000 for a, a football that I don't even think it's autographed by Brady. I think it just has the providence that Brady threw it. So I, I, I would definitely spend the, the $1,500 or two grand it is, whatever it is to get Brady to sign it. But it just shows you the cost, uh, the price of sports memorabilia. I know we had, um, uh, the Michael Jordan uniform just went for $10 million last week. And it's just the uniqueness in it. As long as it has some provenance, there, there's money in there. And uh, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable how much things are going for. Exactly. It is. I mean, they've got a, there's a new one here that the PWCC auctions has put up this one. I could see uh, going for a real nice price. Now we were talking about that. Uh, the, uh, if you win the lottery, what would you buy? This might be near the top of my list actually. A PSA it's a beautiful. Nine. It's a beautiful card. Oh yeah, I mean that card. Just any condition that it's in is just a great one. I mean that's one of the icons of tops. It's the 1955 tops Roberto Clemente. It is a PSA nine, one of only eleven that have been graded that highly, I believe. And uh, they've got a uh, opening bid, I believe, or at least I'm not sure if it's an opening bid or if they're no, expecting it's sold. It to go it's for. sold. It's sold for. Okay, it's sold for one million dollars. So there you go. We've got another. Another card to join the million dollar club right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, I, I always thought that Roberto Clemente was vastly underrated for what he has done for the game, the kind of player that he was. Cause I mean, he did all that in Pittsburgh. They are not a huge media market at all. Like, you know, the New York's of the world, and the LA's of the world and the Chicago's. So players who are really great, even in a place like that are going to toil in semi anonymity. I don't want to say, you know, total anonymity. Cause I mean, obviously everybody knows who Roberto Clemente is and everything, but he doesn't get the recognition that he really deserves, I think, at times. So to see that one reaching the million-dollar price tag there, definitely really good to see. I think Clemente, wasn't he in the Dodgers minor league system at one point, and then he got traded or, 
or the Pirates picked him up. Imagine if he had stayed with the Dodgers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he was. Uh, he played in uh, Montreal in their uh, minor league system there. And uh, yeah, they tried to bury him there, tried to hide him there. And the Pirates were just like a uh, yoink and took him in, you know, one of the, uh, I, don't, I think it was the days before the Rule 5 draft, but there was something similar. But something to like just, that, yeah. Yeah, where they were just yoink him right out of there and took him and didn't look back. And he played, you know what, 20, close to 20 years there. Well, that's cool. I, that, that's a great card. We'll get some show news to let you know about. Uh, the Northeast Sports Collectibles Expo, which is it's the very first one uh, for the show. It is going to be Sunday, October 16th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's at the Marriott Quincy in, in Quincy, Massachusetts. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be uh, recording some interviews. Uh, I've already got confirmation on a couple of guys that it will, I'll be interviewing. Maybe we'll have Drew on uh, on on uh, on on the uh, Internet and we'll, we'll Drew will be uh, giving his two cents. We'll be interviewing, talking to collectors, and just have just have it be, be there all day. And we'll we'll record a show, and then we'll probably play it that week. I'll probably play it that week, like we did the the um, national show broadcast show. So we'll we'll play it that week. So it is the Northeast Sports Card uh, Expo Sunday, October sixteenth at the Quincy Marriott. Jim Lomborg, Cedric Maxwell, Reggie Lemmerlin. Uh, Dana Barros and Tully Bente Kane will be there. And uh, there's also, it's, it's going to be a fun show. It's a big, big show. I think, I believe it is sold out now in terms of vendors. Um, and uh, George Pep from George Pep Cards and Quincy is putting it out and on. And I believe um, Mike Jocelyn from SureShot is dealing, is handling the autographs. So there'll be a lot of autographs requests. Those are just some of the guys. I think he said, Let's see, there's two, I think there's three or four more people that they haven't even announced yet. So it's going to be a, a great show. Hopefully, if you're in the Northeast area, if in the Boston area, make sure you stop by and say hello. I will, again, I will be there. It's Sunday, October 16th, Northeast Sports Card Expo from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Quincy Marriott, uh, Marriott in Quincy, Massachusetts. So uh, make sure you check that out. If you're a little bit further south, you can check out the uh, Hampstead Sports Card Show. It's going to be at Hofstra University. Same weekend, October 15th through the 16th, and also some uh, big names on their autograph list as well. Uh, Kevin McHale is going to be down there at Hofstra, as will Burt Blylevin, Eli Manning, Elvin Hayes, Billy Wagner. So some Hall of Famers right there and a potential Hall of Famer in Wagner. If you want to get some more info on that show, go and check out nyshows.org. For more info there on the Hampstead Sports Card Show, Hofstra University, October 15th and 16th. I got to check with Les to see if he's going to be there, because I think he usually does. Question for you. Have you seen this thing with Eli Manning trying out for Penn State as a uh, walk-on in disguise? <laughs> no, I haven't. It is, it is so funny. He comes oh, on man. and he, he does the, you know, he, he does the running and, and the throwing and the, all the coaches are all kinds of excited. And I think the head coach was in on it. I think he knew about it. But all the assistant coaches and stuff definitely didn't know about it. The guy, the, the other kids, the other walk-on kids didn't know about it. And Eli's out there hucking balls and and, and going deep. And they're, they're like, oh, they get these the, the coach. You can see the coaches are getting all kinds of excited. Like, oh, we found a diamond in the rough here. We got a we got a guy that can throw the ball. You know, he's like, they're like, oh, you're kind of slow, but you can still uh you, you know, you got a great arm and it was just really funny. And he's got the, he's got like a long hair, long hair and a Fu Manchu on. And it's just very funny. It's, I don't know if he, if, if he did it just as a social media joke or if he did it for a TV show or something, but it's very funny. I think I've seen it on, I think I saw it on TikTok and I might've seen it on YouTube as well. But if you, if you get a chance, check it out. 
they did that a couple of years ago with um was it was chris bryant and greg maddox they had uh, they were telling uh bryant yeah we need to you know get you to take some cuts here you know we're gonna try to you know put this in a commercial or some video or something like this like all right cool no problem so they you know have to take some off this uh batting practice pitcher and they had maddox in disguise as a member of the production crew and he says i'm like oh yeah yeah i used to you know pitch a little bit in high school and college man if i throw a few and like yeah sure go ahead go on out there and so he starts pitching to him and you know throwing these you know perfectly placed balls that you know brian just can't hit he's like man this guy's got some stuff geez what is what what the i can I, I, why can't i hit this guy this is, this is great wow and then he looks out there's like wait a second and he takes off the mustache <laughs> and everything it's like yeah that's greg maddox out there throwing yeah it was funny eli at the end he he they um the coach comes on and goes well you know you guys all did great but we had one guy that's Ill- ineligible and he, he goes, uh, whatever is, they, they call his name is, they, they call him up and then Eli comes out. He takes his wig off and he takes his, takes his makeup off because he had makeup to make him look a lot, to look younger, you know? Right, but right. It's, it's really a, a, a fun video. So check that out. Guys, there's some new releases to let you know about. Um, this week, just got released this week. It's 2022 Panini Gold Standard Football, which is you know, the box to shape, kind of like a, a gold bar or a... Um, a chocolate bar like a Willy Walker chocolate bar is really cool. You get one pack of seven cards, you get five autos or memorabilia cards. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. And they go for about $450. It's 2022 Panini Gold Standard Football. Um, I think you know 450 is a little pricey, but it's a uh, it, you know, there's a lot of good quality in this, so check that one out. Uh, coming up on September 28th, so a little bit later on this week, we have Panini Elements Football for 2022 coming out. $400 price tag on that one. You get one pack with five cards, two autographs, and one memorabilia card all in there. So nice variety of stuff right there. $400 on the uh, on that one. And coming out on the 29th is the 2021-22 Upper Deck Artifacts Hockey. That's what Drew and I. You get eight packs, four cards per pack. Get three autos and memorabilia in it. Uh, prices haven't uh, been released yet, but you can check out upperdeck.com uh, to find that out. Well, Drew, we finally wrap up Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen is done. Get ready, guys. Get your fingers ready. It's time for Fast Forward Football. Time to hit that button. Fast Forward Football, guys. Drew and I making our picks right now. Hit Fast Forward right now. Drew, if there was if if we had crowd noise, right, we'd get I'd, get, I'd be getting booed right now, and I think you would too. I went, I went one and I went one and four. You went three and two last week. We are tied one week to one week. We are both inept. We both proved our ineptness. You last week, me this week. And uh, we, we are not the best football pickers, but we got, we, we're going to keep on shrugging along here and we got uh, five games to pick like we always do. Uh, Drew, why don't you go first? We got the Buffalo bills at the Miami dolphins. They're both two and oh Miami. It went, crazy last week scored a ton of points against the ravens the bills are looking like a super bowl bound the miami dolphins are getting five and a half points at home who do you like i like buffalo straight up but that uh, that line right there five and a half makes it a little bit tougher i'm gonna stick with buffalo i'm gonna say buffalo by a touchdown all right i'll take miami just because uh I, I, I think it's a coin flip i really do yeah and i think the five and a half points is a lot all right, next game, I'll, ta- I'll take it. We got Green Bay at Tampa, and Tampa is only uh, giving a point, one point uh, to Green Bay at Tampa. I'm going to take Tampa. I'm going to take Brady. Uh, 
right. Who do you like, Drew? It's tough. I mean, Green Bay looked really good last week, but that was at home at night against the Bears. So I don't know if they can duplicate that against Tampa Bay, but I'm going to say I'm going to take Green Bay on this one. I'm probably going to regret it. Okay. Game three, we have the San Francisco 49ers who looked horrible against the Bears in the first week. And then last week, they looked very good. They're playing at Denver, a tough place to go. Denver is getting a point and a half. Um, Wilson has not looked great. He has not looked great uh, as a quarterback for Denver yet. Uh, but, Drew, you get to make the pick. Who do you like, San Francisco or the Broncos? It's a tough one. I mean, yeah, like you said, this is two teams that are kind of – San Francisco has been inconsistent but looking better after week one. Denver just kind of looking a little bit flat. Oh, man, being at a home for Denver, I think, was going to help them there with the elevation and everything, but I don't know if it's going to help them enough. I'm going to take San Francisco. All right, I'll, I'll take Denver. I think, I, I think it's another coin flip. That's why I picked these games, because I think they're close. We have the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys. I know you hate when I say that, but it's your <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. At the New York Giants, the Giants are giving a point. So the Cowboys are getting a point against the Giants. The Dallas Cowboys still don't know who their quarterback is in terms of this rush guy. I don't know if he, he, he can play or not. Uh, the Giants have played really well. I believe they're 2-0. Are they 2-0, Drew? I haven't really looked at all. I, haven't really, I don't pay super close attention there to the NFC East. It's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious by our picks. <laughs> well, I'm going to take Dallas because I don't think – I think Dallas defense is good enough to beat the Giants. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. This is the first one we we're going to agree on, I think, this week there. I'm just – the Giants are just I, – I, there's nothing really stands out about them to me. I mean, the fact, like I said, that I don't know if they're 2-0 or not, it's like – I haven't paid any attention to them. Nothing really stands out to me. I, yeah, I might, again, another one I might regret, but I'm taking Dallas. Okay. So guys, if you want to make a lot of money this week, take the Giants, given the point. That's what we're telling you. Last game, we have the Baltimore Ravens at my New England Patriots. The Patriots are getting three points against the Ravens. Um, and the Ravens kind of collapsed last week against Dallas. They were, had a great first half and then they, they fell apart against the, uh, the Dolphins. I mean, and uh, the Patriots actually won. They beat they beat Pittsburgh. So, Drew, you get the pick. Ravens at the Patriots. Get the Patriots getting three points. I think that home field is going to help them out. I'm going to have to take the Patriots in this one. I mean, partially just uh, hoping because I really don't like the Ravens being a, a divisional rival of the Browns there. But yeah, let's take the Patriots on this one. All right, I was going to take the Ravens anyway, so that that's good. I'm I don't think I'm going to pick the Patriots at all this year unless they play the Jets. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I've been wrong on both Patriots games so far this year. I picked them the first week. I picked against them the second week. I've been wrong on both. So you're probably going to take this one. Then. All right. Well, that wraps up fast forward football guys. Welcome back. We're done. We're not doing any more fast forward football, uh, but we will, we do have a winner. This is, we're going to talk our contest next. <laughs> Well, Drew, we got to have, we had Darren Nelson on from uh, the Minnesota Vikings and San Diego Chargers the two, uh, two, last week, right? It was last yeah, week, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. And we had, um, he signed a couple of cards from in the mail. And uh, I got a 1987 Tops card signed by Darren Nelson. It's a great, great card. And uh, we picked a winner. We had, I had so many people. I think, honestly, Drew, I think this was the, the most people we had enter a contest. It oh, was, nice. it was really cool. And uh, the winner is, 
Drum roll, please. Barry Blair from Jonesboro, Tennessee. Congratulations, Barry. We, I will drop that into the mail to you uh, on Monday, and you should have it in a couple of days. So congratulations, Barry Blair from Jonesboro, Tennessee, for winning the Darren uh, Nelson uh, card. And thank you everyone for entering. We'll have more. We'll have more contests. We love having contests as soon as we get we get some more stuff. And uh, uh, hopefully, I'm going to get some stuff at the the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, guys signing uh, that we can give away. Well, you know what, Drew? It's time for more from Les. All right. We love talking to Les. Les gives. Uh, we talked to Les about what's kind of been going on in the news. Uh, talk to him about uh, the tops mess up. We talked to him about uh, Aaron Judge ball. Talked to Les about. Um, about uh, Maury Wills. And I also, uh, we get a question from one of our listeners. So uh, sit, sit tight, because we got, we, we got our se- segment uh, from our expert, our hobby expert, Les Wolf. Here's more from Les. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend, Les Wolf. The legend is in the building. The legend is in the building. I'm talking, of course, about Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC. The legend, hobby legend, the memorabilia legend, Les has been collecting cards and sports memorabilia for over 60 years. And we're going to get Les's take on some stuff that's been going on in the hobby and talk a little autographs and, and uh, collecting with Les. So welcome, Les. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Very good. good. Are you, are you um, rested now from our live show that we had uh, last week? Uh, did you, didn't you enjoy spending time with, with the, the listeners? I loved it. I want to do more. I want more people to start calling in and more listeners uh, because, you know, what we offer, you know, with TTM and with your knowledge, my knowledge and Drew's knowledge, there should be millions of people that want to hear us and, and talk to us about it. Well, we're working there. I, I appreciate everyone that, that stopped by. It was fun to get Rich Miller's uh, opinion. It was nice to get Jeff Owens and the rest of the guys that, that, that were in attendance. So it was a I think it was, it was a success. I think the listeners enjoyed it. You can, guys, if you haven't heard it, you can go to ttmcast.com uh, and you can uh, listen to it. We recorded it. It's available. It's, it's a really a great show. It's about an hour long. And uh, we, we talk everything uh, in terms of collecting. So check it out. Uh, last this week, we're going to talk about some stuff that's been in the news. And the big one, right, that's on everyone's mind and everyone's song right now is, is Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge, he just said his 60th home run and uh, a 20 year old kid ended up with the ball out in the outfield he, in a scrum right I don't, I don't know if you saw the the highlights of it but he got he, he was the one that came out of the scrum and uh, all he asked for was a bat a couple of autographs and uh, a chance to shake uh, Aaron Judge's hand uh, what would you do if you if you you got the ball that ball and, and, and what would you recommend for people that maybe get 60 62 or 63 or even 70 what he also said was he said to Aaron, I don't want anything. I just want you to stay a Yankee, you know, so <laughs> the Yankees. Um, that's an interesting question. I've been asked that a lot. The, the way to really look at it is, is like, is if I don't know if you recall what happened, Roger Maris, when the kid that caught the home run ball in right field, at, at Sal Durante at uh, Yankee stadium, wanted to give it back to Maris and Maris said, no, you're starting out, sell it, and you can make some money on it. And the kids sold it, and I think got like $5,000 back then. And uh, he used that to buy to buy his first house, and he used it to get married. 
So I look at it that way. You know, I say, here's a kid that's 20 years old. He's still in college. He came with his friends. He's a true Yankee fan, which is great. But you're throwing away three to five hundred thousand dollars. You know, I'm just that's just a guesstimate, maybe even more. Who knows? But you're throwing that away. You know, what would your parents say? I I wonder what his parents would have said to him. You know, why'd you do that? But I understand why he did it, because the thrill of meeting him and everything is great. But he still could have met him. And I would have asked for other things. I would ask for one of Aaron's game used jerseys and a bat. You know, stuff like that. And I'm surprised that we haven't heard any announcement that the Yankees haven't offered the kid like uh, tickets to all the playoffs, uh, you know, legend seats, but none of that was mentioned. And in other times when athletes do that, they offered all kinds of stuff like that. So once again, I was kind of surprised that, that all that was, was not offered. So I, I, I understand why the kid did it, but I think he totally, totally, totally undervalued what he got. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the Tom Brady, that supposed last touchdown pass that, that got auctioned off, remember it was like $500,000 and then it went, not ended up being not his last touchdown pass. Well, that went for uh, like $170,000 yeah, or something one, like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. So if, if uh, that ball went for $170,000, how much is, is Aaron Judge's 60th home run? Now, of course, he's going to hit more home runs in the next week or 10 days, but 60 is still a number, right? That's still a, a big number. Yes, it ties Babe Ruth. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I, I don't. I, obviously, he didn't ask for enough, and and I, I don't think if I was him, I and I, as much as a fan that I am, I think I would hold on to the ball. Um. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Now the the kid. Uh, I know the guy that that caught um, Pujols. It was six ninety nine, right? Six ninety nine. I think his home run. Pujols didn't want it. He said, "You keep it." He's probably got enough of his own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I you remember back to the, to the day when uh, McGuire and Sosa were out there breaking records and, and Bonds breaking the records, and and those balls went for for big bucks back then. But you know, because of all the steroid stuff, they they lost the value. But I don't see. I don't. I think Judge's ball is going to hold value, don't you? Well, you know what people aren't realizing. <clears throat> the kid and you know, all of us fans is when you have memorabilia, when you have giants or tigers or Dodgers or not Dodgers, you know, some of the small town teams in the small cities, this stuff doesn't hold its value as much as let's say the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, you know, the bigger market teams hold more value. Yeah. But it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I think, uh, this is gonna uh, this is gonna make anyone that catches these next couple uh, really rethink really about give, giving it out. And, and you, you never know who's gonna catch it, but um, what, what it, I, it was a scrum. There were there were there were there were a hundred people trying to get that ball. Yeah, there was. It was pretty much a scrum there. Well, uh, another thing that was in the news, uh, tops in now, which is fanatics now. They uh, released the Topps Chrome, the 2022 Topps Chrome baseball set uh, cards the other day, uh, I think last week. Mm -hmm. And they also, so it's a case breaks and, and box breaks. Uh, all these breakers were looking for, they put, the, what Topps did is they supposedly put the five rookie cards that, from the set in as short prints. 
So people opened all these these cases and boxes, and there were not no cards to be found, no rookie cards to be found. And uh, Tops just released a, a statement yesterday, actually, that there was a communication error with their printer or their the person the the company that does the sorting, and they didn't put the the short prints in. Do you think that was an accident? Do you think that was a oops? Or do you think that was the mar- uh, savvy marketing by Fanatics and Tops? What, what, what's your thought on that? Let me tell you something. Uh, I bought from a, a guy on online. I have a premium uh, thing here, uh, which is for a Jason Dominguez 20, 2021. Was it? 2020. Panini Immaculate Collection Autograph Card of Jason Dominguez. Yep. I've sent emails. And when, next time I go to the National, I got to remember to bring this with me. I still haven't gotten the card. Really? Yeah. So I, I think I think with these card companies, um, I don't think it, it is possibly by accident, but I kind of doubt it. I think they're mar- the way they market it and the way they with all these having all these problems is just weird. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if I really trust them. Yeah, I know. Are they, are they just rushing to get things, these things out and not, you know, do it, do, doing their due diligence as a, I mean, you've worked in business. I've worked in business. I, I think if that happened to, to something that I was in, in charge or involved in, I would have lost my job. I don't, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like it's, it was, it's something that could happen. And, you know, there's so, there's so many, uh, checks and double checks and triple checks in a company that the size of tops and fanatics that what's doesn't seem be, realistic what's, what's going to be interesting is when michael rubin fanatics really takes it over and starts making cards and everything be interesting the, the distribution and like i said i think i've mentioned once before you asked me this question i think what all the card companies the biggest problem in my opinion is the pricing and not getting kids you know little kids five six ten ten year old kids involved in it it's become like you know, if you don't have hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars to buy a pack or a box or a thousand dollars, you're basically out of luck. You can't get them, and I think that's a big, big problem. Because I look at it. I mean, at the national, you you hung out with me a little bit. You saw yep. the family that had the two little boys and a little girl, and the wife was very supportive. But the, to to see that was great. That means the parents really are supporting them. But when it comes to years forward. How, are they going to be able to afford the five hundred thousand dollar box of cards when you have three kids and they're going to go and, going to go to maybe private school and college? No, I don't think so. And I think I think the card companies are really missing the boat on that. And they should target the lower end and the higher end. Fine, have the one of ones, you know, one, you know, jersey cards in a separate box and charge you thousand dollars. But have the the base cards have them in, you know, priced correctly. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think they kind of try to do that with the blaster boxes and the hanger boxes, but even then they're still 15 to $30 for, you know, 20 cards, which is, is ridiculous. Uh, you know, with a select Panini select to buy a hobby box of Panini select football cards is like $1,500, which is unreal. Jesus. It just doesn't make any sense, but I mean, Why don't you look at it this way. How old are you now? I'm 57. So, okay. <laughs> Let's say 50 years ago, you're seven years old. Could you afford that box or that pack? No, no way. No way. I mean, yeah. we, when I was buying cards, and, and I'm sure when you started, I was buying them for 
for uh, 10 cents a pack and you probably would be getting them for uh, five cents a pack at that point right i honestly don't remember yeah but, but I, I, I i remember vividly you know my dad would give give uh my my brother and i my brother's uh three years younger than me he'd give us each a dollar and say go get you 10 pack go get 10 packs of cards at 7-eleven now that you know obviously that that was that that was affordable for us but if i had to go in and spend a thousand dollars to buy a box of cards that wasn't happening in 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 the 70s you know what i mean it just wasn't yeah i mean and i and i think i i think you know because it it costs a lot more money to get the players the signing rights and and the leagues and everything in the mlb you know hologram and all that right in the paper i mean they're using better paper and they're better they're different they're better cards period i i still don't see that that's that really makes it worth it. I mean, that's- I agree. Well, I mean, the the company, the card companies are going to have to do something because they will they'll certainly price out the younger people, and then the hobby will be in trouble uh, as it was five or six years ago before all this the, the COVID and the, the big bump in the hobby again. But we will see. Well, another thing we lost. Uh, uh, I don't think he, he's in a Hall of Fame, but uh, 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 a Dodger legend. We're talking about Corey Wills. Wills, of course, right? Maury Wills, did you have any interaction with Maury Wills? In- I met him years ago when he, in his playing days. He was a nice guy, very nice guy. And what I'm surprised hasn't been said much that that is about his son Bump Wills, who uh, was all you know a decent player, not as good as his dad. Yep. But he wasn't a bad player. Yeah, Maury, I know was a very was pretty big uh, signing through the mail, TTM uh, up until the last years. So I think he had Parkinson's. I think you. He got he was 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 ill near, near the end, but uh, he was a gr- uh, a great TTMer. I never got to meet him, and I think because of his illness, yeah, recently he hasn't been out uh, on the signing circuit. Um, as a player, when when he was when in his playing days, he would he would sign readily. Not readily, he was a little tough, but he would sign. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that terrible. But you know, that's another case. You know, like the Al Olivers, the Maury Willses. The Don Mattingly's, the Thurman Munson's, in my opinion, those guys should all be in a Hall of Fame. Yeah. And ironically, they won't be in a Hall of Fame until, you know, they're running out of people to put in. You know, Gil Hodges, you know, God bless God bless his family. His wife just recently passed. At least you got to see him get in a Hall of Fame. He should have been in a Hall of Fame 30, 40 years ago. I mean, it's yeah. just. It just shows you the politics and, and and the crap that's going on with the Hall of Fame. Do you think the um, back to Aaron Judge? Do you think his his march towards towards seventy and to trying to break break the record will make it easier for you know the Bonds and Wires and, and, and Sosas to have get recognition because now all of a sudden they're not breaking Babe Ruth's record or, or Maris's record. Somebody, you know, you know, a true Yankee quote unquote is, uh, is the one that's carrying the torch now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not over yet. You know, he's going to have to break Bonds' record, which is not going to be that easy for him. Yeah. I, I, I think this, what does he need? What did they have? Like 10 days left to the season, right? 11 games, I think left. Yeah. And 11 games are starting to pitch, pitch around them. They're not giving them good pitches to hit. Uh, it will bring up the, uh, you know, the fact that the other players that he's passing, you know, like McGuire and Sosa, the home runs that they hit. I, I, I hope the guy, and I really think he is clean, Judge. I think he's really focused in. But I think 
it's just absolutely amazing that not you know people don't really realize this that he'll break Maris's record exactly 61 years after Maris broke the record in 1961 so it's kind of yeah. you know if, if you're into math and numbers it's kind of wild when you figure that out and he's just locked in and he's got a very very good chance of winning a triple crown and the Yankees are going to be facing the Red Sox and Right now, Bogarts and him and the guy on the uh, Brewers, I think. No, Twins. Twins. Arias. Twins. Twins, Arias. Arias, I hope I'm not pronouncing it wrong. Um, those three guys are in a battle. So, you know, the Yankees are going to have to shut down uh, Bogarts and hope uh, Judge can get some hits. Well, and the Red Sox cannot get Aaron Judge out, so he has no problems there. <laughs> well, it all depends on how they pitch him. Like True. the lefty pitcher last night when the Yankees had that rally in the eighth inning, absolutely gave judge nothing to hit and uh now if i were that guy and i said damn i want to be in the record books i would just give him a you know a, a home run like like denny mcclain gave uh Mantle a home run because he wanted to be uh, you know one of the guys that man one of his last home runs off of so yeah i'm pessimistic i i think that they're letting pull holes hit his, his the last seven or eight home runs i think p i think they're 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 serving kind kind of serving it up to him but that's just me. I, I personally don't agree with you. <laughs> you don't think so? No, definitely not. I don't know. It's it, it's just weird that all of a sudden in the last month, he, he's, he's caught fire and figured out a hit. He's him. also had 19 home runs. I know. Yeah, but he's hit like, what, eight the last month. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think, I, I hope to God that they're not. No, I know. I, it's just, I, I just don't think, I don't think so. All right, we got we got one. We had a question from a listener. Uh, he is a hockey fan, and he is interested in getting pucks signed. So the question is, and I'm not quite sure what he means by the best puck. He asks, "What are the best pucks pucks to get signed, and what implement uh, should be used to get them signed with?" So that I'm going to um, serve that up to you as a hockey guy. Well, first off, I got to see if I have one handy on my desk. I I don't, but you want to get an NHL puck, an official puck. Uh, if it's a specific player, <clears throat> let's say it's um, Wayne Gretzky, you know, maybe get a Wayne Gretzky puck or a Edmonton Oiler puck or um, New York Ranger puck, get those signed. As far as getting, you know, getting a puck signed, that's tricky. Uh, I've had good success with um, a sharp, a, a silver Sharpie, but you have to really wait to let that dry. And that's a problem. Because you can't touch it for a long time. You got to protect it. There's other silver markers and gold markers. I don't recall the, what, you know, what the names are. But I, I would check online and see, you know, check with other collectors on it. You know, go to one of these uh, things on Facebook, one of the Facebook groups, and ask yeah. them what they use on the, on the hockey pucks. But I've had good success with the Sharpie, gold or silver. But you also, oh, and, and also what else? That, there was do, one. Do you have a preference, gold or silver, or it doesn't really matter? Actually, there was a, a pen that a friend of mine got for me. I'm looking to see if I have one on my desk. Here we go. This is the pen to use. I've had good luck with it. Here it is. You can get this at Michael's. Recollect, recollections. So collections, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N-S with R-E in front of it. This, this silver pen, as long as it didn't dry out, is the best because it dries really quickly. Let me just check it. And it's a nice, nice thin autograph. 
not a big thick one. Yep. So it's got recollections. It's a silver pen. It's available at Michael's. I'm sure you can get yeah. it online. Uh, and then in terms of pucks, try to get an official NHL puck as opposed to kind of a generic puck that they or right. a practice puck. It's the same way, you know, think of it as if you're getting a, you want to get somebody at a baseball game, you want to get a Hall of Famer. You don't want to get them on a cheap puck, a cheap uh, baseball. You yep. want to get them on official American League or National League baseball or just an official ball. All right, Les, thank you very much. We are, of course, talking to Les Wolf from Les Wolf LLC. If you have a, cl- a question for Les, you can send it to me at tcmcast at yahoo.com or you can email Les at lwolf1823. That's L-W-O-L-F-F-1823 at AOL.com. Les is keeping AOL email alive and well. Somebody has to. <laughs> you can go to his website, which is leswolfsportsllc.com. And he has tons of stuff up for sale on the website. Les, why don't you highlight a few things you have on your website? Well, right now, I just, I, I have it on, on eBay right now. I got in a 1994-1995 Chicago Bulls autographed basketball with a full JSA letter. Nice. And this just in, recently from another collection, I'm waiting on a JSA letter, is a Jimmy Fox autographed 8 by 10 signed, regards Jimmy Fox. It was framed. I popped it out of the frame. It's spectacular. And very, cool. also very unusual that he did not personalize it. How, how much are you trying to get from Jimmy Fox? And how, many, how much do you have the, uh, the Bulls ball up for? Bulls ball, I think I have up for 5,500 or 6,000. Okay. The Fox photo, I'd probably take 5,000 for it. But I'm leaning towards maybe keeping because I've never had a Fox 8x10. Nice. Well, thanks, Les. Thanks for, thanks for your uh, input on what's going on in the world of collecting. And we will talk to you next week at uh, More From Les with Les Wolf, our hobby legend. Thanks, Les. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a good week. And everybody, in case anybody's Jewish out there, have a healthy and a happy new year and be well. You too. Happy new year. Thank you. Drew, it's always great to hear from Les. Les has great opinions and it's nice to get another uh, opinion other than a two knucklehead so somebody that, that's been in around for a while and uh less always is a great uh, addition to the show we love having him we'll have we'll have less next week so if you have any questions for less you can email me at ttmcast at yahoo.com one plum plum nickel going into drew's pocket right there <laughs> send us an email guys if you have any questions for less well you know what we're gonna go rapid fire here rapid fire interviews guys uh, I had the pleasure of talking to Matt Deutsch. Matt um, has been in uh, radio forever. He worked at uh, The Fan in New York, and he was in charge of the Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius XM. And now he is starting his own network, a brand new network. It's called Better, B-E-T-T-O-R, Sports Network. It's online. It's an online network. You can get it for your phone or you can listen to it on your um, your laptop or, or PC. and this is a different type of network, guys. They are going to cover uh, fantasy, which we love fantasy. They're going to cover betting, which we love betting, even though we're not good at. And they're going to cover collectibles as well. So it's it's an interesting network. It's called Better Sports Network. And we talked to Matt about uh, launching the network. It's only been on around for a couple of weeks. So uh, please enjoy my interview with Matt Deutsch. Welcoming to the program is Matt Joyce. Matt is, I don't know, what are we going to call him, Matt? Matt is a a pioneer in sports radio. He's a fantasy guy. He's a betting guy. He's a collectibles guy. He's a content guy, but basically he's a radio guy, right, Matt? 
That's right. Sports radio my whole life, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. I've been a passionate sports fan and a radio junkie and kind of put those two things together and have built my career in sports radio for over 25 years. Well, we're talking to Matt today because Matt has founded a brand new network that's basically made for you and I. I mean, if he, if, if I had to put a, a, a rubber bottle and, a, and have the genie produce a network for me, this is the network for me. Matt has a new network. It's called Better's <laughs> Excuse me, Sports Network. I am fighting the COVID. I'm fighting the COVID, but I'm playing hurt. Again, Matt has founded a brand new network. It's called Better Sports Network. And guys, know what it's going to cover? Just things that we really don't like. Fantasy sports, betting, collectibles. How can it be any better? If we get a little food in there, I think, Matt, you got it nailed. Absolutely. Well, you can't have sports without food, right? Whether we're watching the game or uh, going to the national and eating on a run as we're we're buying cards. Uh, Yeah, the sports is a big part of it. And uh, obviously collectibles and jerseys and hats and the passion for the games we have. I'm so happy to be able to bring all these things together in one network, specifically focusing on fantasy sports and betting and collecting, which I thought was a nice thing to add because I just don't see enough of live coverage for the community out there uh, that, that are in the hobby and can have a place to go and talk about their passions for the game and, and the collectibles and the stories that they have. Now, Matt, you've been involved with uh, on-the-air radio with, with the fan in New York City for when it, for it first launched, and you've been involved with subscription-based radio with Sirius and uh, Fantasy Sports Radio, which is, is was my favorite go-to channel forever. Uh, how do people access your new network, and what type of um, subscription base, or is it going to be a free thing? Or you know, Tell us a little about the network and how people can get involved. Well, thank you. After being around for so long and always having a, an, an ideal format for radio in my head, I finally had the opportunity to present my vision for what sports radio should be in these modern times and kind of harnessing all the technology that's out there. So I, I am a radio guy, believe in free for the people. So this is a free platform available to all. We have a free app in the App Store now. The Better Sports Network app is available in the Apple app and Google Play stores. We also stream live on our Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube accounts, as well as our company website, bettersports.com. So there's nowhere that you are on this planet that you can't join us and join our community and hear great free content covering sports 24 hours a day. Is it going to be live programming, recorded programming, a little of both? Are people going to be able to uh, call in uh, like they would do a typical sports radio show or uh, they're going to be able to text questions. You know, how, how is the, the listener going to interact with the hosts? Well, thank you for asking, Jeff. This is a big part of our plan. And we believe sports content should be live as the sports are live. Uh, we are live right now producing content 7 a.m. to midnight every single day. We're super heavy on interaction with our community. We call it Sports Talk 3.0 on our free app, you have the ability to call in with one touch of a button. So no more nine digits while you're in the car trying to fumble your phone and call into your favorite sports channel. It's just one button. You go right to a producer. We screen the call and bring you right onto the channel. We also have live chat 
going on with our community as our shows are playing out. And it's so much fun for an old radio guy like me to hear my hosts in real time, reading chats and having fun with the community and our community members chatting with each other while the shows are going on. And we also have a fun button, which is a way for users to interact with the hosts in real time. If you like what we say, you hit the fun button. We also use it for contests. So we're giving away prizes on the network. Uh, again, at the touch of a button, you listen for the magic word. And when someone says, Jeff Baker, uh, you hit the fun button and someone's going to win a prize. So really trying to take interaction to the next level and, and give people what they want, the opportunity to be able to call, chat, and interact and win with one touch of a button. We're speaking with Matt Deutsch, Matt is founder of a brand new network. It's called Better Sports Network. I don't know. It's not really a, na a radio network. It's a content ne network, right? Right, Matt? Well, it, 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 it's online. We're streaming. We're streaming. We're audio and visual. So we have the cameras on our hosts in this modern day and age. I, I, I think there's an expectation, especially on social media, to see uh, the people that are talking. Personally, I love the old radio theater of the mind. I grew up on radio and really have in my mind uh, a way to make radio great again. But I think video opens a lot of doors for us. It's fantastic to have people call in on live video and show off their collectibles right on the camera. And, and just for that piece alone, and as we're covering collectibles and showing cards, we're going to break a box of cards today live on the radio and give it away to free, um, give it away for free for listeners. It's nice to be able to show those cards on video. So the cards are beautiful. They're certainly better looking than my radio host. So <laughs> if I could do it right, we would just show the collectibles and that would be our video. You and you and me both. Now, what what are some of the programs that are currently on? I know I was I was watching. Um, I think it was Ray Flowers, right? Ray Flowers and Kyle Alfring, who were on uh, Sirius uh, FM, Sirius Radio, which I love them. Um, what are some of the programs that are currently on the show? Well, you're right. Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers host Lunch Money, presented by FantasyGuru.com, the great legendary brand in the fantasy. I was going to say, you can't get any better than those two guys. Those guys have been doing fantasy for as long as I have. Yes, and, and like me, collectors, maybe not passionate collectors that are going to shows and buying and selling, but as we rub up against our favorite sports icons and go to sporting events, we all have uh, collectibles that we pick up. And it's been fun to learn a little bit more about these guys, Kyle and Ray, that I've known for over a decade. And now I'm seeing them in a collectibles light and hearing what's important to them and the stories that they're telling about their collectibles. Uh, we also have uh, partnerships with Fantasy Alarm, another legendary group in the fantasy and betting space. Uh, the playbook by Fantasy Alarm it airs every day at 5 Eastern. Also hired some rock star hosts, Mark Malusis, who's been on WFAN forever. And now at WPIX, Mark hosts Moose and Keith with Keith Irizarry, who you'll see every night on MLB Network. This is a, this is a heavy hitter show, Jeff, with Mark and Keith um, talking sports from betting and fantasy and collectibles. On the first show, Keith Irizarry showed his Slam magazine signed by LeBron James on the nice. cover. So he's got his, he's got his uh, Keith Hernandez and Don Mattingly photos signed in the background. And again, fun to get to know these people that we've all seen on, on TV and heard on radio talking sports, but now we get to hear them talking about their collectibles. And it's nice to see them in a whole different light. And I have to mention our morning show, Front Yard Fantasy. Um, with these uh, three um, terrific, tremendous hosts, Simon, uh, John, Luke, and Coop, 
And uh, we just have so much fun in the morning. And, and, and our format is all about fun. Like we just want to have fun. It went from fantasy betting and collectibles to let's just have fun. Do you, um, yeah, you know, the way, the way you're talking is collectibles is going to kind of run through all the different shows. It's not going to be uh, just a collectible show and a fantasy show and a betting show, correct? It's kind of going to kind of encompass everything, right? I think that's the idea is that we want our content to apply and be relevant to all of the audience, whether they are the most passionate collectors or the biggest high stakes fantasy players are spending the most money on betting, but really the casual audience. We want people that engage in sports. Maybe they have one or two collectibles that are close to their heart with a memory of their family. Maybe they, they, they play in one fantasy football league. Maybe they bet on the Super Bowl. Maybe they play in an office pool, but the casual audience is just not enough media. There's not a community for that audience. Our whole industry is going after the people that want to build their bankroll and want to want to win thousands of dollars. And and, you know, I see it differently. It's not about winning. It's not about the money. It's not about building your bankroll. It's about having more fun with the sports we love. And, and, and that's where collectibles comes in and fantasy and betting as well. So so we try to be super casual and kind of find the intersection um, for all of the hot topics of the day for fantasy, betting, and collectibles. We don't have any straight collectible shows on the air right now. We kind of weave it in. Yeah, yeah, wink, shows. wink, yeah, yeah, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, we are giving away prizes um, on all of our shows. We are talking about collectibles. We certainly want to hear from the audience call in with their collectibles and see it in the chat. Um, and as we grow, I fully envision doing an entire stream just on better sports collectibles and we'll do better sports music and we'll do better sports comedy. We're going to scale up and cover it all. But right now, kind of living in the intersection of fantasy sports betting and collectibles. Well, you know, you, you have a great foundation in terms of, of uh, a path and, and what you want to do for the network. What do you think is your biggest obstacle that you're going to face to uh, gain traction from uh, collectors and betters and, and fantasy players? Because they're kind of all over the place right now. You know, I mean, how do you bring them, them funneling down into to your network? Yeah, I think growing an audience, Jeff, is is not easy. You know, it, uh, with all my experience and all the experience of the people that we've built around and the followings of our hosts, I mean, it's a tremendously crowded space, especially betting and fantasy. And uh, we live in a great time where everybody has a platform um, to be able to get their voice out there, which is just fantastic for everybody. And uh, I, I think the biggest obstacle is obviously growing the business and trying to win over uh, listeners and viewers one person at a time. And really, that's the way I'm looking at it is really trying to build this thing one person at a time. It's a passion play for me. It's a labor of love. And, and you know, for someone who's had a lot of success, um, it is it is interesting. And I'm trying to savor the process because we lit this thing up about two weeks ago and, and we're growing well. But, you know, coming from WFAN and SiriusXM, which were pre-established when I got there, um, really fun to build from the ground up. But also you have to have those step back moments to be like, wow, you know, we're, we're not going to be this small forever. And, you know, it's going to be really different when we get really big. But I, but I think the biggest uh, challenge is, is winning people over and, and, and having them um, want to take us into their lives every single day and, and, and playing for the most important currency in this world right now, which is people's attention. We're speaking with Matt Deutsch. Matt, Matt is a producer, program director, managing uh, broadcast for over 25 years in sports, uh, sports radio and fantasy. And he is founder of the Better Sports Network. Matt, why don't you let people know how they can uh, access Better Sports Network, where, you know, how they can get it, what, can, what, what they can listen to in terms of um, 
excuse me, the show, and I'm jealous of your radio voice with my my uh, COVID <laughs> voice today. I might be coughing up too. We've all been hit by this bug. Uh, thank you for asking. We have so much respect for your audience and what you've been able to build over 45 years of collecting. God, I'm so impressed with what you've done, Jeff. Love your community to be able to come over and check out what we do. We're looking to grow. We want to create a platform where they feel comfortable calling in or chatting and showing us their collectibles. So all you have to do is download our free app, which is in the app store and the Apple app and Google play stores, the better sports network app. If you want to sample us out before you download, you can find us right now on Twitter at better network on Instagram at better network or YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch as well. That better sports network. What has been the, um, feedback from the radio community in the sports community i know you've been doing this for a while you have a lot of friends in, in the community has been uh been positive and have, have people reached out to you to to become part of the network well it's been great to be able to hear from so many old friends that want to work with me again and that i've recruited and really building this thing from the ground up i've recruited every single person on the team behind the scenes and on the air and uh, the more we grow and the more we put ourselves out there, we are getting lots of interest from hosts and, and, and producers and social media personnel and video editors. And uh, um, so it's been, it's been fun to be able to sort of handpick uh, the team and bring in people who are passionate uh, about being part of a startup and building something new and kind of uh, painting on a blank canvas. Um, so, um, as far as feedback goes, I have asked for feedback from my closest friends, from industry people, and I have gotten some construction feedback, I, I constructive feedback, I, I would say, you know, a lot of it has been positive, which I've been so glad to hear, uh, that people kind of uh, have embraced my vision of the app and the interaction, the simple push to call, the simple push to win the chat that we have. The feedback mostly is coming from people saying app is very slick app look app looks very clean, very easy to use, which obviously, you know, that's what we need. We need to be simple. We need to be easy to use. Uh, from my own feedback, I have found that going from radio to, to streaming, you know, is extremely difficult. And we, 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 we thought that we would, we would struggle and try to figure out how to make our video look good when we're transitioning from show to show uh, or for show, from, from long form live content to produce short form content. And those transitions have been a challenge for us to try to figure out, you know, how do we present our content uh, for video as well as we have it for audio. And, and, and I think not many people have mentioned that, but I know that's out there. I mean, that's the number one thing that I want to be able to do better at is, is present a better visual experience. And, you know, we don't settle for just being like everyone else. I mean, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it better than everybody else. And we're not going to stop working and ideating until we do. So I think that's the biggest piece right now is to how to be more presentable visually. Yeah, I agree. Just integrating video into it because as, as a, in doing a collectible show, everyone was, when I started this, is like, well, how are you going to talk about car, getting cards autographed and showing off your collection way on the radio? You know, it's, it's always the biggest, the biggest uh, hurdle, but um, it, you know, it still works. And, and I think, you know, I was going to ask you, uh, you personally as a collector, what, what do you, what are, uh, what are you collecting? Do you still collect? Are you a card collector, program collector, uh, autograph collector? Have you been to any card shows lately? That kind of stuff. 
Well, thanks for asking. I think I'm very similar to many where I was very passionate collecting when I was younger and I'm, I'm almost 50 now. So we're talking right in the heyday in the eighties. And I, I was all in the first card I ever bought was a $6 Cal Ripken rookie card in 1982. And I think a lot of people bought that card because it's just not that valuable. Now there's a lot of them out there. Um, I collected um, as a St. Louis Cardinal fan. I probably have the largest Vince Coleman collection of anybody on this planet. Uh, <laughs> Maybe great, more than Mrs. Coleman or yeah, not a great <laughs> thing to be proud of, but I do have those cards and I've got everything from tattoos to minis, the sports flicks to the whole Vince Coleman set. Um, I, uh, my best card that I ever bought was a Reggie Jackson rookie that my father bought for me in 1984. Uh, I think we paid $40 for it right now. I still have the card. Um, I do have all my cards still. Um, I have the best sets I have are the 1978 top set. I have the 1981 top set. I have the 1985 top set, but apparently I went through that thing. It took out all the good cards. <laughs> I don't even know where all the good cards are in that one. Um, but as far as collecting goes, and then I took a long time out of it um, when I got older, uh, but I've always collected jerseys, bobbleheads, figurines. Um, and tickets. I've got a lot of tickets. And uh, most of my collectibles are emotional and passionate for me. It's not about, you know, investing and raising money and selling. It's mostly about um, things that are that are important to me. What type of um, collectible shows do you envision being uh, on the network? Well, it's a good question. And I think the first thing I need to do is find out who the authentic people in the space are like you and, uh, and, and, and try to find ways to, to lure you over and bring what you do uh, to Better Sports Network. Um, I certainly um, envision doing events in the collectible space. Like I love the idea of broadcasting auctions live. This is what we did on Fantasy Sports Radio and Sirius XM. We were the first to broadcast live fantasy baseball auctions. And it was just so much fun for me as a radio guy and a fantasy guy to figure out a way to put a lavalier mic on our auctioneer and put microphones on the table, but put our hosts outside of the room so we didn't disturb what was going on. And, and I understand in your world, these are anonymous bids for the highest of the high blue chip items. The, these auctions go on for 30 days. But, but Jeff, there's nobody covering this in real time. There's no, there's no drama. I know I can produce that well. Give me Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves and let's go. <laughs> let's put them up for auction. I can make that great drama. I could bring people into the space. I should say we can bring people into the space by, by showing them how much fun it is um, to tell the stories of yesteryear and, 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 and do bidding in real time. So I, I think events make more sense for us. I think I was at the National for the first time in, in forever in Atlantic City over the summer. I learned so much there. I was so impressed with the diversity and the, inclusive, the inclusiveness of the, the collectibles community, passionate collectors of every shape and size, walk in the room. And, and we'll certainly do radio shows and streaming shows from the National next year. I think it makes a lot of sense for us to do shows at collectible events. And then I like the idea of celebrities and athletes showing us their collectibles. Like, why can't I do a show with a different athlete every week and take us inside their room and show us all the cool gear that they've amassed and collected over the years? So I like the idea of like a celebrity or an athlete interview show where they're showing their collectibles as well. Um, if you have any suggestions for me about who we should hire and put on the radio, uh, you let me know. <laughs> well, one of, the, one of the things that when I started the, this podcast uh, four and a half years ago is I always, because I'm a coll uh, autograph collector and sending cards through the mail, and, and I know a lot of other people that were doing it, and I always wondered what the athlete thought. You know, you, you're, you're you're Jim Lomborg, and you're you haven't played baseball in, in 30 years, but people are still sending you cards. But you you know you still sign them and, and happily uh, 
talk to your fans and I just wondered what they thought about getting correspondence from people that they don't know and how much time they get they're involved in it and um you know these guys i've learned are all closet collectors you know the guys i talk i was talking with darren nelson who was the running back for the minnesota vikings and san diego Chargers back in the day and we're just talk talking about um his career and collect and signing autographs for the mail he's like yeah, I, I love it just the day they come in i sign the autograph i i love dealing i, I love i love getting the requests and I said, well, Darren, are you a collector? Did you collect, you know, do you collect cards? And I think, like, no, no, I don't do anything like that. You know, I, I, I don't tell anyone, but I really like coins. I'm addicted to e-bank and, and collecting coins. And like the, these guys are all collectors. They, I was talking to Johnny Busick the, from the Boston Bruins a, a while back. And, and, you know, the guy's a Hall of Fame hockey player. And he, he's like, Oh, I, when I'm done with this, I got to get this letter out to Bobby Hall because I got to get him sign, to sign three or four things for me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys, they just, they're, they're, they're collectors. And I always ask them, the one question I always ask the athletes, my former athletes, I love talking to former athletes. I said, I always ask, did you buy a, a pack of cards when you were playing to see if you get, would get your own card? And very rarely did I get a yes. Most of the times they, they didn't even think about it. So I, you know, I think sometimes it passes them by, but um, I think the athlete portion of it is a, a fun addition because uh, it's being on the other side of the camera, so to speak, you know what I mean? You, you break down that fourth wall and, and these guys, you'll, you understand that these guys do uh, get frustrated. Sometimes they see their stuff being sold on eBay. People take advantage of them. Uh, Jim Cott, who's been on my show, uh, you know, recently got elected Hall of Fame. He used to sign for free and he was he loved doing it, loved dealing with the fans. And then he got to the point where he started uh, earning money for local little leagues, uh, you know, signing for five dollars or something. And uh, one of the, one of his family members said, Jim, you know, people are taking advantage of you. They're selling all your stuff on eBay for 10, 20, 50 times what, what, what the, you, you're earning. And he just stopped signing for a little while. And, and, and came to an understanding with with, with a, a promoter and he signed, I think, for $25 now, which is still affordable for a Hall of Famer. But these guys, uh, you know, their autograph has become a commodity. And I don't know if they, you know, they, it takes them a little time to realize that. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen a lot of change in the business and uh, certainly, you know, love the passion that people have to send cards through the mail. And I love the romanticism of the athletes receiving those fun letters uh, from people of all ages and pouring their heart out and, and signing it and sending it back. I had a Daryl Strawberry rookie card and I actually sent it to Shea Stadium and it came back signed. I couldn't believe it. I, I wasn't a smart kid back then. I probably shouldn't have put the rookie card in the mail, but what a great feeling to be able to get that autograph back and obviously wins a fan over for life. And we see a lot of the same parallels in the fantasy sports world where passionate fantasy players are tweeting at these players when they perform badly and saying, hey, you cost me my fantasy game. And like, that is the wrong behavior. And then, you know, we need to understand that these athletes are people just like us and they have feelings and they have families and, um, that, you know, we need to treat them well and treat them well. And, you know, certainly um, there's a big um, investing side of the business. And of course, getting an autograph and selling it, um, you know, we don't want to see anybody taken advantage of, but God, you know, sometimes the money just gets in the way of the romanticism, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I've, I've been playing fantasy baseball since 1987. Um, and I, it really pains me when I hear a player 
say he doesn't care about fantasy. He doesn't care about his fantasy, you know, how, what his stats mean to other other players. Because when 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 a guy uh, steals a base for me and earns me that that one extra point, it, it it means so much. And I don't think they they understand that or. Maybe it's just too much in, in their world that the, it's not in the, their realm. And I, I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of athletes on, on a fantasy level. And sometimes, uh, you know, when I approach them and say I'm from a sports collectibles uh, radio show or podcast, their eyes glaze over a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also the other, the positive side of it where athletes embrace fantasy sports and you have Austin Eckler out there saying, I'm giving away this. If you show me, you played me. Uh, on your fantasy team. We see Juju Smith-Schuster playing in his own fantasy sports league. And even Maurice Jones-Drew of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was the number three overall player when we launched Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius XM. Maurice hosted a fantasy football talk show on Friday nights called Running with MJD, embracing fantasy with all of his fans. There are only two rules on the show. You, you always start Maurice Jones-Drew and you never start anyone who goes against the Jaguars. <laughs> and Maurice had fun with it. And if if you remember, Maurice was the first one to apologize to his fans when he took a knee on the one yard line and did not score a touchdown because it would help the Jaguars win the game, but it hurt all his fantasy players. Uh, and he apologized to them. And that was a groundbreaking moment. And since then, we've seen lots of athletes embracing fantasy. And, and now we have a new world with sports betting. And unfortunately, the athletes are kind of being shut out and not allowed to partake. And we see people like Calvin Ridley, the receiver on the Falcons, get suspended for betting on football. And while the leagues and the media Media companies are all cashing in. The player is kind of getting left out. So still a lot of work to do in the betting space to have athletes really understand what's going on and, and to get their proper piece of it. And in the collectible side as well, I can see some skepticism there. And, uh, you know, but but people like you that represent the hobby well and do it authentically and send stuff through the mail. I mean, you're going to win over more than you lose. And uh, you're doing great work uh, for all the people out there. Thank you. I, I you know, I think one thing about collecting in the last two years since really the pandemic started um it's kind of come out of the shadows right it was always kind of a you know i've been collecting for 40 years when i told people tell people i collect baseball cards they're like what are you 10 years old and it's you know it's kind of embarrassing and i think it was you know kind of embarrassing not to me but people would would you know people other collectors would be kind of do it by themselves as a lonesome uh, hobby so to speak but lately with uh, the pandemic and social media, and there's all sorts of people out there that are collecting. And now you see athletes are coming out of the closet, so to speak. And I don't know if that's the right terminology, but <laughs> they're coming out of the closet as collectors. And there's a, there's a bunch of collector uh, athletes, current athletes that, that do collect cards and collect autographs and collect memorabilia. And, uh, you know, I think it, it's, it's really caught fire. The hobby has, in, in, in the whole, has grown. Uh, incrementally the last couple of years and it just continues to, to climb with more and more people um, joining the fray. I've been so impressed to watch the community grow and people come out of the woodwork, like you said, from the pandemic and see all the activity. Uh, I'm so impressed with the innovation that the community has come up with. I mean, people breaking boxes of cards live on whatnot at two in the morning and having an audience of people uh, not only pay attention, but want to win and pay money to win this stuff for real. I mean, I just love what's happening there. Um, and, and I want to be a part of it on Better Sports Network. We want to create technology and create a platform where the community can come and 
buy, sell, and trade their collectibles in real time, talk about their favorite um, collections, and, and obviously discuss the great issues of the day. There's a lot of this community that I'm learning. Uh, who are the authentic people? Where are the scams? You know, the investigations on, on how people, uh, you know, conducted fraud. I mean, you have to, we have to really do it right. If we're going to build this community the right way, we need to be authentic. We need to be in it for all the right reasons. I believe we need to be agnostic and kind of be the sandbox that everybody can play in, no matter who you collect with or who you grade with or what shows you go to, or are you an autograph guy or a ticket girl, or are you into game-worn gear or NFTs or cards? Really want to, and I understand those are fractionated parts of your community. They, not collectors don't just collect it all. I mean, there are people that only do tickets. There's people that only do autographs. So really want to try to break through that and create something that's relevant for everybody. We're speaking of Matt Deutsch. Matt is founder of Better Sports Network. It's just like we're two weeks old, Matt. That's right. We <laughs> launched on August 29th. This is week three. We're learning a lot and getting better every day. Congratulations. You're, you're breathing now and you're starting to run, run, run faster and faster, I'm sure. A lot, a lot of uh, ducks to put in a row. We're talking to Matt about his brand new network. It's called Better Sports Network. You can go uh, get uh, the app right on your iPhone. Uh, it's Better Sports Network. Just put it in B-E-T-T-O-R Sports Network and you can get it right in your iPhone. Download it to your phone. You can listen to all their uh, live shows and, and access all their uh, content. They have a website, bettersportsnetwork.com. And Matt, why don't we play a little lightning round, okay? Do it. The website, Jeff, is bettersports.com. I'm sorry, bettersports.com. We had What's it wrong it? for you, not your fault. <laughs> Let's play a little lightning round. A couple, just a couple of quick questions for you. All right. Uh, fantasy. Everyone, everyone hates talking about uh, other people's fantasy teams and your own fantasy team. But I just want, who is your one sleeper? gonna explode fantasy football player for this year that don't tell anyone so i can go draft them first well i don't know about the term sleeper anymore i mean there's so much information out there everybody knows who all these players are i mean i was taking curtis samuel of the washington commanders with my last pick in every draft he scored in week one had a big year two years ago in carolina was hurt last year he's not built to play 17 games but when he's out there he's gonna score and i think people are sleeping on Curtis Samuel. And if I had to give some picks, I mean, I'm all about the Lions offense this year. Uh, I've taken DeAndre Swift in every draft that I could, either in the first or second round. I like DJ Chark. And, and I think Jamison Williams, the rookie out of Alabama, is a great player to have on your bench, on your injured reserve that will come out at the end of the year and win some leagues for you. All right. Collection, collection wise, if you could get, you could have one card, what card would it be? Oh, if I could have one go out, can we say the 52 mantle? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That's a pretty easy one. I mean, I would say that, you know, as a Cardinal fan, probably the Bob Gibson, whatever the best card for Gibson would be, probably his rookie card. Very cool. Well, Matt, thank you. I really appreciate your time. Go to bettersports.com. Bettersports.com is the website. Better Sports Network is on um, the apps, so on, on your app store. Go download it on your app. Give it a listen. He's got great shows, fantasy, uh, betting, right? Betting is, is uh, the, the, the um, temperature on betting in the country has changed in the last five years. And I never thought, thought I'd see the day where I, you could go and bet on um, just about anything, right? With, with all these apps and you, you don't have to go sit, sit in a dingy casino in Atlantic City to, to, to bet a game anymore. So it's kind of cool. 
It's never been easier. And, and it's not about the money. I bet 10 cents at a time, Jeff, like literally dimes I'm betting. And no one's having more fun than me live betting and, and betting on sports as they watch. And of course, we cover collectibles as well. And we want your community to be able to come over to our app and call in and show us your collections live on video. And Jeff, you got to come on Better Sports Network as a guest. We got to have you on. I'll have I'll be on any time. Just let me know. Well, Matt, very thank you very much. I, I apologize for my scratchy voice today. <laughs> you put me to shame with your great radio voice. I'm always jealous when someone comes on and has that great radio voice. <laughs> well, I'm jealous of all the years you've put into this and your passion and your collection and, and to be able to do what you do and, and host podcasts and live content for your community and grow it and really be a great ambassador for the hobby. I mean, thank you for leading and uh, can't wait to follow in your footsteps. All right. Thank you, sir. I will, we will, we'll be in touch. Take care. Bye. All right. Jeff. Well, Drew, Matt has a lot uh, on his plate. And I think it's a very aggressive, interesting proposal to start this brand new network. And it's kind of made for you and I, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. I mean, I'm not a huge sports better or anything like that, but being able to have something that helps to cover collectibles as well along with it, I think that's really a really cool idea. So check it out. It's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, Sports Network. You can get it on your iPhone or, or your Android and uh, download it, and it's free. So check it out. Um, and uh, it was great to talk to Matt about um, all the things that he's got going on. Next up, Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Well, Drew, it's been kind of a quiet week in, in grading, not a lot of news coming down. Um, our friends at Beckett have made a purchase. They purchased Do Dilly, and Drew and I have talked about Do Dilly prior. It's a cool, that's a cool free app that the, you download on your phone, and then it gives you kind of an instant grading of your card in real-time pricing. And Beckett is gonna, uh, has purchased that, and I think they're going to incorporate in their marketplace, which is a nice addition to, to them. Beckett's making some acquisitions. They get a new uh, headquarters, and it's good to see that um, they're being progressive, and, and it's kind of cool that uh, they purchased Do Dilly, don't you think? It definitely is. Yeah, it's an app I've used a little bit here and there. Haven't uh, touched that in a while at all, but definitely look back into it now with uh, Beckett taking it over. Kind of, uh, I mean, just continues to further the Beckett empire right there. I agree. Well, Drew, we have some, you know what? I, I saw these numbers because we don't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of grading news this week. Um, there was I just some one day grading numbers. I've got, I've got some grading just from September 22nd that I thought were kind of interesting just to give you an idea of how many cards these companies are grading. Yeah, there's, I mean, just, I was surprised to see this. I mean, it's the number of cards that just go through in a single day. I mean, we've talked a lot before about yearly totals, monthly totals, anything like that, but a single day. PSA, 52,400 cards going through their facilities in a single day for grading. And apparently on September 22nd, that was down 4% from the day before. So, I mean, they're cutting out over 50,000 grades a day. That is a, just an unbelievable number to me. I mean, that's that's probably a quarter of my collection right there is going through their offices on a day-by-day -day basis. I mean, yeah. wow. Um, CSG. 5,000 cards that went through there, up 19% from the day before. So, I mean, another, I mean, think of those super monster card boxes. 5,000 cards held in one of those. That's going through CSG in a single day. In a day. Uh, yeah, Beckett's uh, down a little bit. They uh, had 2,800, so down 5% or so, but still, I mean, that's quite a bit that's going through there. And uh, SGC, 2,500, that is up 23% for them from the day before. So, 
just the thousands of cards that are going through there. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, how much the grading portion of the hobby has grown. I mean, if you go back 20 years or so, it was PSA and I mean, Beckett was just starting to get out into this whole thing. SGC, I don't think existed yet. Um, CSG obviously didn't exist yet. It was like PSA and nobody else. And I guarantee they were not doing 50,000 cards a day, much less maybe in a month at that point. So it's just, it has exploded. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's over 60,000 cards between the four major grading companies. And that doesn't even include the HGAs and some of the other smaller grading companies uh, that, are, that are going out there. So, may, you know, maybe what, 65,000, maybe even 70,000 graded cards every day, which is, which is phenomenal. So uh, it's kind of cool. And I just thought, I, you know, it was just interesting to see how many cards got graded in one day. And I thought we, it was cool to kind of share with everyone. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up, we will do our TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Introducing Drip Shop Live, a live online marketplace of sports cards and products from your favorite sellers. Discover giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more right from your phone or desktop. On Drip Shop Live, you'll find hundreds of sellers live all the time. Give Drip Shop Live a try. For a limited time, save $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. Try finding another break or card box that's that affordable. And shipping is always free on Drip Shop Live. Go to dripshop.live slash invite slash TTM or find the link in our description to get this exclusive offer. Drew, you know what? Usually I ask you what your stamp of approval is, but uh, before, you know, when we do our show prep, but we're gonna, I'm going to go blind right now. So I will, I'm going to do mine first because I, I, okay. I'm sure you have a good one, but I'm going to do mine first. Uh, we, I just wa- started watching the first three episodes of Andor, and that's a, uh, a Star Wars, uh, I don't know, sequel, prequel, whatever. It's, it, it's one of, you know, it's a miniseries type of thing. Yeah. There's, uh, I believe uh, my son said it's going to be 12 episodes, and the first three got posted, and we watched them the other day. And it's really good. It, 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 the the storyline's good. It's interesting. The characters are pretty good. You know, you get all the Star Wars stuff in there. You don't have to be a Star Wars nerd. Uh, it's on Disney Disney Plus. Um, it's just another cool thing that's on Disney Plus. So I'm going to give my TTM cast stamp approval to Andor. It's a, a Star Wars miniseries, and uh, it's well worth well worth the time. <laughs> I believe. I think. Excuse me. I think there are our shows. Uh, but the 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 episodes are really done well, so check out Andor on Disney Plus. That's my TTM cast stamp of approval, Drew. So, so I don't die here. I'm going to take a drink. What's your stamp of approval for the week? All right. Well, I don't remember what I mentioned last week for my uh, stamp of approval, so I may be kind of duplicating this a little bit because I think I may have done this like, hey, we're going to be going to this place, and hopefully it'll be really good. And I think I may have mentioned. I don't remember now, but if I if if I did, okay, I'm repeating myself a little bit. If I didn't, well, this is uh, this is a good one on the food side of things. Uh, my wife and I, for her birthday, went to Homewood Restaurant in Dallas with uh, Chef Matt McAllister. Has it? This is, I mean, a lot of the food places I mentioned are kind of you know hole in the wall kind of places. You know, cheap eats that are really good. This is definitely more upscale uh, dining, and, but oh my god, this is it. It is definitely among the best meals I have ever eaten. So. Uh, Went there for her birthday and just everything they had there was just, oh my God. I mean, you can't go wrong with anything on the menu. So we ended up with this uh, potato focaccia and a pickle plate, which has like pickled everything on it. Just your, get your regular pickles on there. They had pickled carrot, pickled radish, um, green beans, asparagus, all kinds of like any vegetable you can pickle. They probably pickled it. And 
all I can think of right now is the uh, uh, Portlandia skewer. The we can pickle that. And so uh, <laughs> they basically they basically did pickle everything. Pickled okra on there too with this. Uh, it had this green onion dip as well with it. But oh god, it was just so good. And uh, regular for our uh, for our regular uh, entrees had uh, caramelli, which is this. It's almost like a ravioli or a tortellini. It's like a filled pasta, but like. Think of like, you know, those Werther's Originals butterscotch candies, you know, have the yeah. foil around it and it's twist at the ends. That's what they look like. So that's how it got the name Caramelli. It looks like, you know, a caramel candy in a wrapper or something like that. But had paired gorgonzola and hazelnuts uh, or paired gorgonzola inside and then like chopped hazelnuts scattered with it. it had a, a pappardelle, which is like this really thick ribbon pasta that had a uh, duck ragu, apple and horseradish on it. That was just incredible. Then for dessert, uh, my wife had their dark chocolate pen perdu, which is like a... Uh, Kind of like a bread pudding kind of a thing with this uh, coconut ice cream. And I had this, what they call a triple chocolate fantasy, which has this, uh, it's milk chocolate budino, which is like a, a mousse over a double chocolate blondie with butterscotch over the top. And yeah, I, I, that is like the best I have eaten possibly ever. At least there, I mean, one of the best things I've eaten in a long time for sure. So uh, yeah, two thumbs up to Homewood restaurant in Dallas. That is my stamp approval for the week. Guys, check it out. Homewood Restaurant in Dallas. So, sounds good. We, Drew, we have to make a trip down to Dallas and just run, do the, the food tour. You know, you you got all these good food places. I got to come down there one of these days. Well, thank you, Drew. Uh, next up is our Vern Rat Minute. The Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who sent out a T cam request to him uh, prior to his, uh, after he had passed away. Right after, I always get that mis- mixed up. I don't know why my tenses, but I sent a T cam request out to him after he had passed away, and uh, we do this as a service to our fellow T cameras to let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and sometimes politics. Uh, we lost some some guys in, in sports this week. We lost Greg Lee. Greg Lee was an ABA and NBA guard. He was actually the starting guard on UCLA's uh, championship teams in 72 and 73. He played two seasons. He played one season with the San Diego Conquistadors, and he played one season with the Trailblazers. He might have even played with Wilt Chamberlain in the Conquistadors. I'm not quite sure about that, but he was, um, Greg Lee was 70 years old. Uh, Mike Adamson died this week. He was a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles when they were, kind of up and coming there in the American league before right around the time they're really starting to become one of the elite teams there, but pitched for them in 1967 and 68. Mike Adamson was 74 years old. Yeah. And interestingly, Mike Adams uh, went right from um, amateur ball, right to the major leagues. He, he didn't uh, spend any time in the minor leagues when he first came up, he did later on, but he was, um, it's pretty good to go right to the major leagues. We lost uh, Herb Lusk. Herb was a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles from 1976 to 1978. And Herb Lusk claimed to fame, guys. He was the first player to kneel in the end zone. He did it on October 9th, 1977. Uh, I thought it was weird that it, it, you know, some of these things that we take for granted uh, didn't happen that long ago. You know, we, I, I don't know, Drew, if you ever watched old basketball uh, games, and, you know, guy hits a free throw and no one goes to give him a high five. You know, they all, no, they, <laughs> yeah. hit, a, they hit a free throw. They all give him high fives. It's like, the, the, you know, they just, 
they just uh, solved cancer or something. I don't know, but it's <laughs> Herb Lusk, and you know, uh, uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson. Remember him? He was the one that mm-hmm. he was the first one to dance in the end zone. Well, Herb Lusk was the first player to kneel in the end zone. He passed away. He was 69 years old. Pretty uh, big name that uh, died this week as well. Maury Wills. Of course, he was a legendary speedster in the outfield, or excuse me, a shortstop for the uh, Dodgers, the Pirates, the Expos. Held the uh, record for most steals in a season there, I believe, from in uh, 1962. There's always the joke that said that, oh, he would, you know, get on base with a walk, steal second, steal third, then get, you know, bunted in by the next guy up. And Koufax and Drysdale go out there and win a one nothing game or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, Maury Wills uh, died this week. He was uh, 89 years old. So, uh, yeah, a great TTMer there as well. Great friend of the hobby. He was always a very affordable signer. I agree. We lost uh, Cal Brown, and Cal was a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He only pitched one game in 1960 first the Pittsburgh Pirates. Cal Browning was 85 years old. Uh, Don Collins also died this week, left-handed pitcher with the Braves and the Indians. He was 69 years old. And lastly, we lost Ted Schreiber. Ted was the, uh, played for the Mets. He was an infielder in 1963. Uh, he had the distinction of being the last official at bat at the Polo Grounds. Wow. So that was kind of kind of neat. Uh, we lost Ted. Ted was 84 years old. Well, that wraps up uh, for a minute. We are sorry for your loss. Our sympathy goes out to friends and family. Uh, next up, we're going to talk TTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Drew, why don't you take returns first, and then, then I'll, I'll come in with mine. I think I had two, four. I had seven this, this week. All right, yeah, I had a pretty light week this week here, starting to uh, yeah, see stuff uh, drop off a bit there since I haven't mailed anything out in a while, so I'll have to change that up pretty soon. But I did at least get three back. First one I got was Champ Peterson. If you don't recognize the name, he is the brother of Jock Peterson. He was given a card in, let's see here, this was the 2018 Topps Allen Ginter set. Uh, Champ has Down syndrome, and he's done a lot of work advocating for others with Down syndrome and uh, – just proving that they can, you know, do a lot of things out uh, out in the world. And uh, so Topps uh, put him on a card there, and he actually does sign it by mail. And I got it back there after a couple months wait time. But you can see it right there, Jeff. There's the uh, signature cool. on that one. Yeah, really happy to get that one back. I also got uh, Travis Pastrana on his 2019 Allen and Ginter card as well. He, of course, is the uh, legendary uh, X Games guy right there. But Signed that one for me. Also took about the same amount of time. I think I sent out two days before the uh, Peterson one. And the last one I was able to get in was Jonah Heim. He is the catcher, of course, for the Texas Rangers. Got him on my Topps Heritage set card. Also about a a two-month, one month, somewhere around there. About a month and a half turnaround. I think I actually mailed that one from up in Atlantic City at the National. But mailed it to the Rangers. Came back to me in about six weeks or so. So uh, three of them that took a little longer than my usual. But uh, of course, Happy to get those back and definitely nowhere close to any record lengths either. So there was my three for the week. I uh, should have one more coming in today that I'll probably just talk about next week. Cool. Thank you, Drew. I got, I got, uh, I think seven returns back this week. I got uh, uh, four or five football ones. I got uh, a basketball one. I got two baseball ones. So I got Herman Edwards, of course, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles. And who was he coached for? Did he coach for the Eagles or did he coach for? Uh, coach the Jets. Jets, right. He signed his 86 and 87 card uh, tops cards for me in blue Sharpie. That one took a couple of weeks. I got uh, Sean Landena. Sean sent his a little custom card. I don't know if Drew, if you can see that. Nice. And he said he signed his 87 tops card for me in uh, blue Sharpie. 
So that again, that took a couple weeks. I got this is a this has been a goat for me. This one, this one, a, a hard one for me to get. I don't know why. Uh, I know he, I sent the ten dollars. I'm talking to Steve Largent, who is the uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Seattle uh, Seahawks. I think this is the third time that I've sent him a card, and I finally got it back. It took about three weeks to get back. Uh, I did send the ten dollars. I, I sent the ten dollars previously, and I never got it back. So I'm not quite sure why he didn't like me but he did sign this card for me 86 tops card i got um charles romes from the uh, chicago the buffalo bills on an 86 and 87 card i got uh bobby watkins who played for the lions on a um, 86 card and i also got todd zeal todd zeal who played for the cardinals and did he play for the mets drew yes cardinals mets, mets. um rangers Rangers for a bit. Yeah, he may have been with the Marlins because I think he may have been traded around at the same time that all the uh, the uh, Mike Piazza trades were going on there went between the Dodgers and the Mets and the Card or Dodgers and the Mets and the Marlins. You're right. All right. So he played for the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Phillies, the Orioles, the Dodgers, the Marlins, and the Rangers. So all right. He signed his 90, 1999 Tops card for me. This one took about, I don't know, maybe about two months to come back. So it took a little while. I got uh Mitch, uh, Mitch Luck, Mick, Mick Luckhurst, who was a kicker for the Falcons. He signed his card in pen and he, he put a uh, Falcons 1981, no, I think, yeah, 1981 to 88. And he put his number down, but he also drew, I don't know, a smiley face, a ghost smiley face. I don't know if you can see that, but it's, can you see that, Drew? It's kind of, oh, wow, he's not weird, yeah. But he's so that was kind of cool. That took that took a couple weeks. And then in basketball, I got a 786 tops card of Rich Jones, who played for the Nets. He also played for the uh, Dallas Chaparrales and San Antonio Spurs. And uh, he was a forward and he signed his 86, uh, 76 tops card for me. And lastly, I was very happy to get the 78 tops baseball card. I need this guy, Bruce uh, Beauclair, who was an outfielder for the Mets. He, um, I think that's all he played for. And he signed his set, my 78 tops card for me, which I needed for my set. I saw that he was signing for uh, somebody else and I sent it out. I needed that one for my set. So that, that, that wraps up all my uh, TTM's returns to the week. Uh, I actually sent out 30 baseball yesterday. So I, I didn't, I don't think I, I did like four or five last week, but I wanted to get a bunch out. So I, I sent out 30 baseball ones. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and they were kind of, all over the place. I had I had purchased a um I don't know like fifteen thousand card collection that was all junk era cards a, a while ago for like ten dollars. So I went I started going through them and I, I I pulled out a bunch of guys to get to get uh that I knew signed. So I so I I sent they're all like 82, 83, 84, 85 cards, kind of like that those era cards. So I, I sent out a bunch of those those era cards out. And we'll see how that goes. Well, I think that wraps up returns. Any more, any more return stuff you want to talk about? No, no. I've, uh, like I said, I need to get out, get on to sending some more out, but I got to get stamps before I do that. And my stamp budget just kind of got spent on getting some stuff uh, slabbed by Beckett while they have their uh, discount going on here. So I better hold off for another month or two on that. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. Get you. All right. Well, next up, guys, we're going to have our, our, um, our uh, interview, our TTM weekly interview. 
This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, this week, Drew, I interviewed, excuse me, Lyle Blackwood. Lyle Blackwood actually played 14 seasons in the NFL. He played for a number of teams, including Cincinnati, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He was on the expansion Seattle Seahawks in 76. He also played for um, Miami Dolphins for a, a number of years. And he, of course, formed the Bruce Brothers with his brother, Glenn Blackwood. And we found out that Lyle is a card collector. So we talked to Lyle about collecting cards and signing autographs. So uh, enjoy my interview with Lyle Blackwood. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. There's no better way to kick off football season than by getting all of your favorite football cards graded with CSG. The state-of-the-art CSG holder is the perfect home for your gridiron favorites. And with even faster turnaround times, you'll receive those 2022 rookies back in your hands well before the season is over. To get started getting your collection graded and protected, visit csgcards.com today. Joining the show from his home in Texas is Lyle Blackwood. Lyle played 13 seasons in the NFL with Cincinnati, Seattle, Baltimore Colts and the Miami Dolphins from 1973 to 1986. We're going to talk to Lyle a little about his career and about uh, dealing with autographs and, and, and uh, signing cards through the mail. So welcome to the program, Lyle. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Uh, one correction. I played 14 years, not 13. I didn't, oh, want, to I'm sorry. I didn't want to land on the unlucky number. So I played one. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last name's Baker and I love the Baker's Baker's dozen. So 13 is my, my lucky number. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> But I'm not very good with math. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a marketing guy. So I, sometimes what we add wrong. <laughs> well, I just, uh, one, one year is always important to it, not only in the uh, negotiating the, uh, your retirement, but, uh, also just in the, in the body wear and everything. It was like that last year. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. 14 years. I'm not sure changing your year. 14 years in the NFL. He was the safety for, for a number of teams. Lyle, you know what? Um, just looking at, at your career at the, uh, in the onset, you played for t at TCU. Was it difficult for you to come in as a late round pick and, and kind of uh, show your where it is and make yourself stand out, um, you know, first as uh, in the Broncos camp and then uh, as a free agent with the Bengals? Well, yeah, it was. Uh, you're definitely correct there. Uh, in fact, uh, I was at TCU and I'd gone out for the baseball team um, in the spring and made and made the baseball team under Frank Windigger and uh, and was really having some fun there. Uh, but uh, the uh, draft came around. I was drafted and I wasn't drafted real high uh, by the Broncos. And uh, and everybody was telling me, man, you really need to make the spring um, uh, practices for the rookies and every, the rookie practice and everything. And being in, in that I was not I wasn't drafted low, but I was right about in the middle. Um, I uh, I decided to quit baseball, which to this day I regret. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> but you know, you live and learn, and out and I, the pressure is always put on you uh, to uh, to make a choice. And so I chose to quit baseball and to go on into the camp. And uh, when I went into camp, it was like a real shock to me as far as uh, how uh, deficient I was in some areas of my athletic, uh, uh, my athletic body. Uh, and so uh, I had to make some adjustments very quickly. Uh, 
when I got into camp, saw what I needed to do to really compete with the the talent that was in, that was not only on the Denver Broncos but around the league. Was um it really uh, size? Was it durability? Was it speed? What did what did you really work on to to kind of make your mark? I worked on my strength. Uh, you don't play 14 years without having some injuries, and to yep. prevent those injuries, you really need to build up your body. And uh, when I got in there, they said, uh, we're going to see how many times you can press your uh, body weight. And I, at that time, I weighed about 190 uh, pounds. And, um, and, and I, again, I'll, I can get into this another deal, but I, I grew when I was playing in college, I was still growing. And even in the pros, I was still growing uh, up. But I got there into that camp. And they said, okay, we're going to see how many times you can bench press your weight. I got in there. I couldn't do it one time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how. That's You're like, how maybe I should have stuck with baseball. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. <laughs> so um, I, could, I could hit homers. I just couldn't uh, hit uh, any homers on the, uh, on the weight bench, on the bench press. So I, so I just was so embarrassed about that. And I was you know, I vowed and determined because anything you showed me that I needed to do, I was always one that, said, okay, I'm going to do that. Uh, show me what I need to do and I'll do it. And uh, so I, I uh, went back to uh, TCU and started bench pressing and, uh, and having a weight program uh, to, uh, to help me to that. I was just trying to fix that. I said, okay. And I went in, they didn't even test me when I went back in. <laughs> so I was really upset, but, uh, but anyway, it, it, uh, it, did get me to start doing bench press, which did help. It always helped your upper body doing bench bench press. Well, after a couple of seasons in Cincinnati, you got picked up uh, by Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks, in, in their expansion draft. Right, the, it was the, uh, the you were an original Seahawk. What was that like being in, in an expansion team in in a new city? It was kind of chaos. Uh, I mean, they, Seattle was a very uh, there. The owners were very very good. Uh, at that time and uh and and we and compared to cincinnati uh, and uh and so when i when i went there i didn't know what to expect there it was just you know it was a it was a, just a soup bowl of, of fruit and veggies uh, <laughs> when we went when i went there and uh it was but it was a lot of a lot of veterans from around the league that i had looked up to uh, when i was playing and so i was very uh, even though since it, what it was an expansion draft and so you're the teams protected a certain amount of players and then the ones they didn't protect Seattle or Tampa Bay could pick those players and Seattle picked me um, and uh, it wasn't a real at, at that time in my life uh, it wasn't a real good time for anybody to pick me at all I was still figuring out life and uh, but I got to I got to Seattle and uh and they, they had some they had some good coaches there, and they had some uh, really good players there. Uh, Jim Zorn, Steve Largent, uh, Norm Evans, uh, and those kinds of players that not only played well, but they also had a lot of character. And that's what I looked at was, I said, well, these are these are really good players, and they and they believe in this. They they must have something on board with themselves. And so I wanted to hang around with them all the time, even though I was not like them at all off the field. So. Anyway, but Seattle was Seattle was a Seattle was a one it was a one year for me, and I think they wanted to uh, and I and I did not uh, I still did not approach football as a business, and you need to approach football as a business, 
And so, and you treat your body um, uh, the right way. And you know, there's things that you just, like I said, I did the bench press. There are things that you need to do for your body and things that you don't need to do for your body uh, that will help you uh, be a better student of the game and a better player uh, when you're a better student. I understand you were kind of a little prankster as a uh, <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to you wanna, do you want to share you share the little the prank that you played on on the the rookies? Well, it was um, that that yeah that was particularly to the rookies and uh, and it was when they would come into camp you know you're you're cordoned off and there's no you know it's like Queen Elizabeth right now you you're not going to get close to her <laughs> and uh, and so in camp uh, we were. Uh, secluded to uh, this uh, school and you couldn't go out that school you could go out for but there wasn't anything there wasn't anything around to go out to to do anything other than this uh, there was one I think there was one bar and uh, one bowling alley and uh, and so you could go maybe after practice go get a drink there or something and uh, and so uh, we told uh, we told the uh, rookies that there was this really uh, good-looking girl that was, was uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble on this, but... It, <laughs> uh, no, it's just between I'll, us. I'll, I'll tell you, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, we would, uh, that, and she would, she was very inviting. And so you get the drift. And so uh, then we'd say, well, you have to be ready at this time. Blah, blah, blah. I'll put it, you know, wear this. So they would dress up in their finest clothes and put cologne on, shave and all that stuff. And, um, and what we had, we'd always find an abandoned, we had this abandoned house that we had. And we would uh, go sit up there and, and a guy uh, in a long, uh, raincoat and a hat would be in the house with a shotgun with blanks in there and the shotgun shells and uh we, we would come walking up to to him or to the house and uh and these guys expecting that they were gonna have, have some good a good time get a little lucky right <laughs> excuse me I'm get sorry. a little lucky yeah that's right especially in in, in uh, uh that place in the country and so anyway um as we would be walking up, the guy would come out and start cussing with all these expletive deletives and say, I know why you're here and you're here to my wife and blah, 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 blah. And he'd shoot the, he'd shoot the shotgun up in the air and, and, uh, and I would fall down. I would, I would go, Oh, I mean, yeah, and I just fall off. I'd fall. We'd be running. I'd go, I'm hit. And I said, you know, come get me. And, and, uh, and then there'd be another shot and, and guys would just take off. They just take off, uh, down the road and jump the fences and just try to look for cover somewhere and everything. So that was in, you know, always, and, and they've just kept running. You know, I know one guy said, well, I thought, you know, uh, maybe, maybe he's alive. I'll, I'll turn around and go back and go, no, nah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we, and we found him you know, like two miles down the road uh, afterwards anyway, but it was a, it, that was, that was one of the most uh, cruel jokes, <laughs> cruel things we, we pulled on people. Uh, all the time it's so, yeah. it's so funny it's so classic i don't think you could do that nowadays no i know there's absolutely no way you'd get in so much trouble so <laughs> yeah i would be traded i would be i would be an expansion draft and there wouldn't be an expansion draft so. <laughs> that sounds like fun now you you made your way to baltimore did you get traded to baltimore did baltimore sign you after seattle no well what happened was i and, uh, of course i got 
drafted by Denver and then was uh, picked up by, uh, they, they tried to trade, they tried to, uh, 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 as, as far as expansion in the, uh, the Denver Broncos uh, tried to uh, pass me through on waivers to put me on the taxi squad. That was called the taxi squad back then. Yeah. And when they did that, see, Cincinnati picked me up. So I, I had to go to Cincinnati and uh, went there. And I remember telling, um, uh, uh, it was either Chuck Weber or Paul Brown, whoever was that first talked to me when I got there. I said, uh, I was going, they, we were going to play, uh, Cincinnati was going to play Denver that first week. And I go, listen, if you're here just to pick me for more information and, and get me that I'm not even coming here, I'm not even going to come here. And so they said, no, we, we want you here. We, we signed you for a purpose and you're going to, you're going to, right now you're going to back up Tommy Casanova and uh, sure. I heard about him. And so I went, okay, well, I'll, I'll do that. But, um, but then um, uh, after, after three years of trying to uh, change me, uh, Paul Brown gave up and, and let me go in the expansion draft, which he should have. I, I'm not saying he should have. Uh, it was probably a good idea. But um, I went to Seattle. Seattle uh, picked me up, and then from Seattle, and and they they just got tired of me too. So I was just <laughs> I, I was a misfit at that point in my life. But uh, again, uh, Steve Steve uh, Bargent, Jim uh, Zorn, and uh, Kenny Hushin, Norm Evans, those guys. I was watching them all the time and said they've got something different. And so I, that's what I what changed my life is is their example to me. And so, but uh, uh, Seattle didn't, they, they said, you're gone. We're going to put you on waivers. And I remember coming back from uh, Cheney. Cheney was where we have our, had our camp. And I called my wife back then. I said, hey, it's, I said, we're, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm cut right now. Uh, a, a teams are buying for me. They're calling me and everything. And I, and I said, what do you want to do? Do you want me to quit playing? You want me to? to uh, 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 just keep on playing. And she goes, you keep it. Well, just keep on playing if you can play, but let's wherever you're going to go. And uh, so um, anyway, Baltimore was one of the teams that uh, claimed me off waivers. And I had always, Baltimore was my most favorite team in the world because Johnny Unitas, Lenny Moore, uh, all those guys, and, and Mike Curtis, who had just come from, uh, from Baltimore to uh, Seattle, I was playing at Seattle, uh, and uh, and I was wild like him. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> not all bad being picked by Baltimore. Uh, so I um, so I decided to go there, and lo and behold, after two weeks in camp, I was starting, and that was my year that I led the league in interceptions. Was 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 uh, had all pro status, and you know it just was a fulfillment what I knew I could do if I would just buckle down and do it and that was that was learn how to uh, go to go to practices stay awake in the film sessions study uh, study a lot study the opposing team study their receivers study the formations study their tendencies and so uh, and I had had a real good uh, uh, helpmate there uh, name of Bruce Laird who uh, was sure. the strong safety, and he was just, you know, he was a st student of the game also. Not only with, again, uh, he uh, he lifted a lot of weights, and so he taught me a lot of things about lifting weights, which I was having some problems with my shoulders, the way I hit and everything. I hit so hard, 
that my shoulders were coming out of place all the time. And so uh, uh, that he was a very big help as far as getting me, uh, teaching me how to, what, what a safety should do uh, to help his body stay healthy as long as it could. So, and even recovering from injuries, which I had a lot of injuries. So we're speaking with Lyle Blackwood. Lyle Blackwood played 14 seasons. See, Lyle got it right in the NFL <laughs> with a number of teams, including Cincinnati Bengals, Seattle Seahawks, the Baltimore Colts. And he finished his career with the Miami Dolphins. He actually formed the Brewers brothers with his brother, Glenn. We'll talk a little about that. But first, you know, you intercepted 10 uh, passes in 77 with the Colts. Does it, did it just kind of, um, does the ball kind of find you, you know what I mean? At that point where you were, you know, all of a sudden you intercepted one or two and all of a sudden the ball kind of finds you or, or, or is it, is it something that you, you did different that all of a sudden you, you, you were well, into pass? Yeah. I passes. think the one thing that um, anybody that uh, any, any player on any team will tell you that uh, intercepts a lot of footballs is a lot of it's the defensive line. And we had a great defensive line back at that time. We had uh, Joe Ehrman, Freddie Cook, John Dutton, Mike Barnes, and all of them were all pros in their own way. And, and uh, so that year uh, was uh, in 1977 uh, was a year that uh, uh, that they were at their they were healthy and just going real strong. And they they helped me. Uh, make plays because they put the pressure on put so much pressure on the quarterback and that helped a lot and and some of some of it was just me studying uh, the, uh, the, the the quarterbacks and the receivers and their formations and putting myself yeah. in the right position uh, some of it was uh, again working with your with my buddy uh, Bruce Laird and the cornerbacks that were there at that time and and we just all worked together the whole team the whole uh, defense worked together to provide uh, opportunity, whether it was sacking and whether it was our coverage that provided sacks for the defensive line or, or the, and the linebackers or, and, and or, or the, the pressure that the defensive line and the linebackers put on the quarterbacks uh, to give us chances that we needed back there, putting ourselves in the, in the right position. So it was, it was a combination. We had a really good defense at that time. Yeah, and, and, uh, plus Burke Jones and, and uh, Roger Carr and, and Lydell Mitchell on the offense. That was a good, that was a uh, real, that was a really good. Yeah, I, I don't want to leave out the main part of our defense was Maxie Bond. He was a great defensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, and so I really appreciated uh, being able to go to somewhere like Baltimore with such a great team. And Ted March wrote, of course, he, he was a, he was a different kind of coach. And he was a very a, a big encourager, uh, and he wanted you to play the game. He encouraged us, encourages us also, uh, which not a lot of coaches do in the league. They they cuss, they don't encourage. So, <laughs> well, you had an opportunity to play with your brother in Miami uh, in the '80s, and those were, were great teams. Made two played in two Super Bowls. Um, how how did that come about, and what was it like playing with your brother? Uh, well, it was absolute last playing with my brother and it was something that I had thought about prayed about it's like if he could ever Lord if he could ever get me with my brother I'd really appreciate that and so but um uh I it happened uh, I was uh I was playing with I'd been playing with the Baltimore coach there was a coaching change my March brother left brought Chuck McCormick in uh to the and they and they brought my uh brought a uh 
coach in, but I played for at Cincinnati, which as soon as they brought him in, I said, this is not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, oh, trouble. <laughs> yeah, this, he's going to still think I'm the same way and everything. So anyway, and it kind of happened like that. And I was, I was uh, having the uh, success I had there and everything. You would think that you would always be the starter there and everything, or at least until you really went down a notch. And, uh, and that was not the case. I was immediately replaced. And uh, so um, um, after the season was over with, and, and well, during the season, I didn't play any at all. I, I, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't even on special teams. And so in one game, we were playing Buffalo. They were leading the league, leading our, in our division. And uh, uh, one of the, uh, right before the game started, one of the quarterbacks, uh, Larry Brazil, was uh, came down with a back problem. So they moved the free safety, which is what I played over to the corner. And I played, uh, and so I was in there. And so that game, I got the, I came out and got the game ball. And I can't remember if I intercepted one or, or recovered a fumble. Anyway, but I, I was, I was, uh, I uh, performed well. And uh, they, uh, uh, and so after the game, I got the game ball. And, uh, uh, and so, but uh, I was uh, for the rest of the season and there were, I guess there were, I know there were eight or nine or 10 games the rest of the season. I didn't play one more game. Uh, so that was kind of the writing on the wall for me. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and so after the season's over, I asked Dick Szymanski for, uh, uh, to trade me if he would. I said I, I'll go. I'll go anywhere you want me to, but I won't. I don't want to go to New York. So where did he take? He already sent me. Sent me to New York <laughs> Giants. <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway, uh, he had his way with me, and uh, again, and so um, uh, I went. I I talked to Ray Perkins, who was the head coach back then. Yeah. And I just said, Ray. I said, I'm just not. I, I really don't want to come to New York. It's nothing against the team. It's nothing against the organization. It's just that I don't want to come to New York. It's not a good city for me to be in. <laughs> and I, I knew my personality. I knew what I was. Uh, and so I just said, I, I can't, I can't come there. Anyway, he, he talked me. He finally, he, we kept going back and forth and he finally talked me into it. So I, so I went to camp. Uh, I was, uh, they wanted me to play strong safety and I was having success there at strong safety with them. And uh, I remember we broke camp. I can't remember where we had camp at, but we broke camp and we came into town and we were staying at a hotel. And uh, that was the loudest and the uh, most busy hotel I've ever been in for <laughs> training person in my whole life. And people were knocking on our doors and uh, wanting to come in. And I just said, I can't, this is, I can't take this. So I went and told and said, please let me go just let me go and uh so and that's kind of crazy you know you when you're still when you're at that was probably that was six years uh six years in so i still had yeah i had six i played six more years uh, yeah. at that point and uh, so i was at eight years but uh i just i couldn't take the pressure the outside pressure and what i was gonna be subjected to um uh, and uh, I just went down the next day and said, I, I want to be released. And so they did. And uh, I was, 
I sat at home. Uh, I was I remember I, I, we were living in uh, Austin, Texas at the time, and uh, and so I was I went into d depression. I was just going, "What did I do there for?" <laughs> you know, yeah, what am I going to do? I was going, but I, you know, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I I did it, and that's the way it is. And I said, I'm just gonna. This is just a time in my life where I've just got to say, hey, that's this is my career. That's it. I'm gonna. I need to go out and, and get a real job like everybody else. And so that's what I did. I started uh, uh, doing that and starting putting out feelers for for, for uh, uh, different things that I thought I could do and would like to do. And uh, and so on Tuesday after that, uh, there were there were four games played that already. And on that Tuesday after that game, the the uh, the, the Baltimore Colts called me. Uh, Mike McCormick called me himself and said, hey, are you doing anything? I said, no. He said, well, we want you to come back. We want you to come back at free safety. We want you to start this week. And I go, well, have Dick, Dick Szymanski call me, and I'll, I'll work with, on a contract with him. And I, was gonna, I wasn't going to be nice on the contract if I was going to go back there. Uh, right, you're going to go back on your terms. Yes, exactly, because he'd already uh, screwed the pooch once. And uh, and so Mike McCormick said, "Okay, I'll have him call you today." Well, I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited. I got a call, but it wasn't from uh, Dick Szymanski. It was from Bill Arnsbarger, and Bill Arnsbarger said, "You know, Lyle, he goes, we want to, we want to have you down here. We want you to try out and uh, and come down this, come down today and, and try out tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what we." And I said, "Well, I'm not, I'm not going to try out." I said, "I've already got a." I've already got an offer from Baltimore to come there and start uh, this week, and and so Arnberger said, "Okay, give me give me ten minutes, and, uh, and I'll call you back in ten minutes." And so I, uh, he called me back in ten minutes. He goes, "Okay, come on down. We'll sign you right now." And so and they were going to sign me at what I would wanted to be signed at, and so that's and so I I walked when I they I packed my bags and got on a plane. Was down there that day, and. Uh, in time for uh, in time for practice that uh, that afternoon, and uh, and it was I walked into the we had a, we, at St. Mary's we didn't have much of a of a complex there at that time it was uh, two by four and chicken wire for our lockers, and um, but uh, I remember getting dressed and they're saying well you're going to go down here but go down to the first we're going to uh, have you meet uh, Don Shula. So I was walking past the uh, team meeting and uh, the, the defensive team meeting where Orange Barger and everybody was at. And, and I looked in and I said, hi, Glenn, as I passed. What are you doing here? So anyway, so uh, that's that's how it started. So uh, as far as my, my uh, career in Miami, and once I got there uh, after two weeks, uh, the uh, we, we were playing Buffalo on Monday night football. And the uh, um, the free safety for the Dolphins. He was a he was a good he was a good athlete. He was good. He was just doing things off the field that I had already done. And he, I know he need, didn't need to be doing it. It was affecting his play yep. at that time. But he was really a, a good guy. I, I enjoyed him. Uh, his name was Don Besselu out of Georgia Tech. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, after two games on that Monday Night Football, he got taken to the woodshed by Buffalo 
too much and and so Shula was fed up with it he put me in and I knocked out a couple of guys uh caused a fumble and so from that point on I started uh with Glenn since then and we were yeah we were the called the Bruise Brothers on then that and that turned into as we were top being the top of the league in, in defense we were called the Killer Bees because we had so many B names we had six Bs uh guys with the last name started with B uh the only ones were Ernie Roan and uh, a few others didn't have that name, uh, didn't have their last name, but but it all played well. So we're sticking with Lyle Black. Lyle played 14, 14 seasons in the NFL with the Bengals, Seahawks, Colts, and the Miami Dolphins. He played in two Super Bowls with the Dolphins, and he formed the Brewers Brothers with his brother with brother Glenn. What was it um, like playing in the Super Bowl? Uh, was that a different experience for you? It absolutely was. Uh, your the adrenaline level. Uh, you don't need any drugs or anything. You just the adrenaline level is just is just out there uh, when you're when you step on that field. Uh, uh, and Glenn and I did uh, in 1983 against the Redskins, and yep. uh, just was a very exciting time. Again, uh, you just uh, Back then, you, you could throw your body around however you want to throw your body around and do whatever you want to do. There wasn't the, the uh, uh, as far as, uh, I guess, the control that they have today on how you hit and everything. Sure. Back then, there was, the only thing that wasn't allowed was uh, a, for, a forearm that Ron Pritchard would do when receivers would come across the middle and he'd give them that, that forearm and take them off feet those that, that was outlawed pretty quickly a long time ago but uh uh but anyway any just you could hit any way you wanted to back there what, what what do you think made john don shula such a great coach what what made him stand out again uh against some of these other coaches and why was he so successful well I, don uh don was so successful because he he had a uh he, it was the it was the school of don shula and to get into that school of Don Shuley, you had to buy into the way he wanted to do things. And if you didn't do it that way, you were going to be gone. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. There was no, there was no guys with big egos on the team. And if they did, he did have a big ego, he'd knock them down a notch. And uh, certainly uh, when you got in the game and you made a mistake, you would understand <laughs> what, 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 what the repercussions were. The repercussions came out, would come, first come out where you're going, what, did he say that? Did he really say that? <laughs> and, uh, but you learned, uh, he was, but he was, a, he was a student of the game himself. And uh, just like, um, uh, just like uh, Orange Barger, uh, he wanted to communicate what he wanted to, what he wanted us to do uh, on the field all the time. And if you didn't do that, you were going to come off or you were going to get a tongue lashing, uh, which I think, uh, uh, getting benched was better than the tongue lash <laughs> so, but anyway but, but you know he just um he he wanted you to be prepared uh for the game and that was a that was a that was a good thing and then so uh just just a different kind of coach in that, that respect do you you mentioned game ball do you have uh game balls from your playing days did you keep uh memorabilia in terms of shirts or helmets or any of that kind of stuff I did. I, I kept, I, I've kept, I've got, I can't I keep, like, you can't keep a lot of stuff. Uh, it's got to go into storage. A, a bunch of, bunch of my game balls I gave to all of my, I have uh, 10 grandchildren. Uh, I uh, 
gave balls to them and I gave balls to each of my daughters. I had four daughters. Uh, so I gave them all, I gave them, I gave all my game balls away. I do have, I do have this, which is, uh, you'll see it right. Yep. The sil silver, uh, yeah, that, it looks that, like, it looks like an Emmy. It looks like a football Emmy. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a football Emmy, but it's, it's for my 10 interception, uh, year. And, uh, the co and then I've got a, co a coat still, and I've got some dolphins. I've got a lot of stuff. It just is. I just can't keep my, my wife won't let me keep it in the house too much. It's, it's, it's did you get rent? Did you get rings for the, from your Super Bowl when you play in the Super Bowl? You, you, uh, yeah, you get a, you get an AFC championship ring. It's not a Super Bowl ring. It's yep. an AFC championship ring, but I've got, I've got two of those. Yeah. How about, did you collect autographs? Did you any collect autographs while you were playing? I did. You know, I didn't. And I go back and say, why didn't I do that? But it, but you, you just don't, you don't, one, you don't see players that much. It wasn't like we, it wasn't like today where you're you're in you can see those players a whole lot. Uh, back then, it was you know you see them on the field real quick, shake hands with them, and that's it. You're you're gone. You don't you don't even get to go over you know on back then too much. And and uh, depending on who was who when you when you were. When you lost, you didn't want to go over there and shake their hands and talk to them and everything. When you when you when you won, you wanted to do that, but they didn't want you to be over there. The only time I ever went over to a when I whenever went over to a opposing team to their bus was at the, the Baltimore Colts, and I had a I had a, a guy was coming across the middle, and one of our cornerbacks I can't remember which cornerback was for the Colts uh, was uh, throwing a pass to him. Uh, and it was with Buffalo again with Buffalo. I think it may be a Joe Ferguson, but anyway, he threw a pass to this guy and I hit both of them. I knocked all three of us out. Uh, I, I broke the jaw of the wide receiver. I uh, separated my shoulder and I got a stinger in my neck. Wow. Uh, and, uh, but, but I felt really bad and, and uh, you could actually uh, on the, T t on the tape you could hear the people in the in the stands go oh like that but it was a bad hit it was it was uh i will say it was a really bad hit as far as hitting and and what i did i but i i hit him in the numbers and i came up my helmet came up into his chin and um uh, so i went over there after the game and i just said look i'm really i apologize to you uh for uh, for breaking jaw wasn't wasn't meaning to do that uh said um, so i just want you to tell just you to know that i'm just thinking about you everything. so anyway that was that's about all i could do as he was wrapped up with his with what they were doing what the little bit that they did back then um they didn't have uh they didn't have the kind of doctors they do today uh, do, you, do you still get a lot of auto, autograph requests through the mail and, and do, uh, do you sign I, sign a bunch i get three to four letters a day of uh, people uh, wanting to uh, wanting my autograph. Now, if it's if uh, I, I go I go ahead and do this, I'll sign the uh, auto the uh, cards and everything. If they send duplicates of it, I just send back the duplicates uh, without signing them because I don't want them to sell. They, you know, most, everybody wants to sell them. Yeah, uh, I'm not naive to think that they still don't sell them if I autograph them, but but I don't. Uh, sign duplicates because I know those are definitely to going to sell most of the time. So, 
do you have a favorite card from your, your playing days? Is there any cards that you enjoy seeing or? Uh... Well, yeah, there were there. I had a lot of them and, uh, and somehow they got, they had got legs and walked off out of my, out of my safe one time. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I had, but you know what? I loved, I loved the uh, baseball cards. I, and I had back, back then I had, uh, I had, uh, Babe Ruth and, and, uh, and uh, cards and uh, and just the the, uh, the all the New York Yankees had their those baseball cards and also had uh, uh, football cards of Johnny Unitas and and a lot of those those guys because I love the Baltimore Colts just love I just they they hung the wall made for them so and then no way to be found nope they they got legs and walked off so and uh, they, they were stolen. That's so, that, that's so sad. Did you, when you were playing, did you ever go in, into a store and buy packs of cards to try to get your own card? No, but yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I, I mean, I look at them today. I look at cards today. I've, I've got about 75,000 cards uh, in today in a, in a storage and it's locked and everything. Uh, but back then I didn't ever think about that, you know, where you could, you know, you could buy cards and buy them for a buck or two bucks, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and so I just didn't think about that. And uh, then when I got out, I was going, Oh, that's my card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're sending it to me, you know? And uh, so anyway, I, that's, I kind of woke up, go start collecting these things. Do you have a card that you like that from your, when you played of your cards? uh i yeah i well i like i like my i like the uh uh i didn't i didn't have a card when i played on the bingles uh because uh i was I, you know what they do is they with the cards it's who's who's starting right the first of the season and so with the bingles i wasn't uh the only time there's only one year that i was starting and uh they didn't give me credit for that starting at uh, starting at, at a strong safety, um, and uh, but uh, and then it's at Seattle. They've got a card. They've got a <laughs> they they make it say a Seattle Seahawks, but it's really when I've been playing those playing for the Bengals. Yep, I can tell by the jersey, and uh, and so the only ones that are really true uh, of, the, of the teams that I play for are the Colts. And the dolphins and so i like those they're, they're they they did a, the the way they took the picture of me and everything it was really they were really good pictures so yeah and you share a card with your brother right there's a there's a a blackwood card right yeah there's a there's a there's a bruce brothers and then there's you know and then there's another those team cards those i mean the the interception leaders or the are the team leaders stuff like that those are kind of cool too now, do you guys have you do you guys get together uh, for reunions at all, or do you have um have you do you go to card shows for signings or anything like that? I don't, I don't, I don't. No, I I don't know about any of that stuff, or I really haven't explored it to that degree. Um, and I don't. Uh, I might take. Uh, I probably will the next time I, if I do anything. I'll probably will take some cards and. <laughs> Marino owes me, so uh, so I can get his number. But I, I I'm not going to sell him. I, I wouldn't do that. But I would like to have Marino's signature. I do have I do have some things with Marino's signature on it. Uh, That's cool. Around now, so 
and I've got Don Shula's and I got some balls by Don Shula and, and Dan Marino, one by Don Shula and Dan Marino. So I got that before I left. So. Well, we're speaking with Lyle Blackwood. Lyle Blackwood played 14 seasons in the NFL. Uh, we uh, talked about his career. We talked about uh, collecting cards and, and signing autographs. Uh, Lyle, I really appreciate your time today. Um, is there one, is there a stadium or, or, or field that you really enjoyed playing or uh, playing against, a, a fan base that you really enjoyed playing against? Well, I, I, I really enjoyed playing uh, in two stadiums, the Memorial Stadium and Orange Bowl and the Orange Bowl when, yep. it, when it was the Orange Bowl. Because um, we, you know, the Memorial Stadium was just a unique one. It was the sound uh, uh, being the U-shaped and everything and just the sound uh, and the encouragement by the fans and everything was just a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was an old stadium with an old locker room and everything, but it really, that was just nostalgic uh, being there. And I enjoyed um, kind of my career really taking off at Baltimore at that point. I, I proved that I could play if, when I just buckled down and, and, and did what the coaches and what general managers wanted me to do and everything else and wasn't a selfish person, became an unselfish person. And uh, so that was memorable for me there. And then, and then also going, uh, being traded, well, not traded, but being signed by, by the Dolphins and being able to play with my brother Glenn and, and play for a outstanding, two outstanding coaches, you know, Coach Shula and Bill Arnsbarger, uh, both of them are outstanding. Uh, and, uh, and Bill really taught me uh, a lot about uh, studying the game, uh, as well as my brother. My brother stepped in. He was, he was six years younger, but he was a, I was a good student of his, too. So. Well, one last question, and I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time. Is there one uh, moment on the field that you really uh, was your favorite moment on the field in terms of either uh, a, a favorite play or a favorite game or, or a favorite favorite time that, that you kind of – that brings a smile to your face? Well, it was – we were playing – we were playing Buffalo. It's always Buffalo. It seemed like it's always Buffalo. Uh, we were – uh, they were they were driving down. Uh, uh, I think I don't know if it was Joe or another quarterback. Can't remember who was the quarterback for Buffalo then, but I know the running back was Roosevelt Leaks, uh, who played for the University of Texas, and uh, and so Rosie was running a seam pattern out of the backfield, and Glenn was supposed to be covering him, and um, and so I I came over and hit him, and he had a uh, he had a a face mask that came down here, but there was also this bar that came down from the sure. top down. And that bar, uh, the, when I hit him, the bar, his bar went, I didn't, I just had the one right here uh, with, that would cover my chin and my mouth and a little bit of my nose. And his bar came in and took my nose and pushed it all the way over to the, oh. to the right, to the right. And, uh, and so I, I remember coming off the, coming off the field and my nose was just bleeding like a stuck pig and um, coming off the field and Bruce Hardy was our tight end at that time. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Hardy, Joe Rose. And, uh, but uh, Hardy looked up and, and saw him. I took off my helmet and I looked up at him. He goes, Oh, and he fainted on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so we got, they, they were trying to, they took me in, they were take, they took me inside the locker room and everything. Well, actually, Actually, I went back out and played uh, a couple more plays uh, when they just something happened with offense and we had to go back out. So 
but then I went in, inside and I was on the table. Uh, Dr. Virgin uh, of all doctors <laughs> was, uh, was treating me. And, um, and so he was getting ready. He wanted, to, he wanted to pull the nose over a little bit because it was way far to one side. And uh, so he, so and he, and he, he was, I don't know how old with Dr. Virgin was at that time, but he was, he was. Everybody said he was. My brother was in there. He said I was watching him. He was had this syringe and his hand was shaking like this, and he went like this. And when he went down, Bruce Hardy, Bruce Hardy walked through and he looked over at it. And he went, oh. <laughs> So that that was a that was the funniest time I've ever that I uh, it just you know it wasn't a it wasn't a football moment on the field but it was a football mo moment in the locker room that was really uh, I couldn't have done a better prank than that <laughs> doing that but you know it just uh, there were uh, there were a lot of when you play fourteen years there's a lot of different plays uh, that you remember uh, that are that stand out and everything and I just. You know, I can't really even pinpoint one of them at all, but I just, uh, there's, uh, I, I think the uh, the turnaround for me was the Buffalo game where uh, where where I knocked out, I literally knocked out a couple of people and uh, and caused a fumble on the, on the they were, we were getting our, our pants handed to us by Buffalo. And, uh, and, but she was still wanting us to play hard. And so I was playing hard. And I hit this guy on the on the uh, goal line, caused him to fumble, and they, we recovered and everything. And and that was that was meaningful back then because uh, when you went to the playoffs, uh, you were if if you if you and Buffalo came up to, uh, at at one point and uh, and were, they were deciding on who should go and everything, you always it was a matter of points or how bad they beat you all the time. So it was always important that they didn't score one more time. And uh, so anyway, that that was one of the things, and 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 Shula just he liked that that my play out of that, and so that's uh, that was that was probably the one that, that really turned around everything. That when I got so I was in, I was playing, I was starting the next week uh, alongside my brother Glenn, which is what I prayed about. <laughs> so, Lyle Blackwood, thank you very much for sharing uh, stories about your career and, and collecting. We really appreciate it. It was great to. Learn, learn about uh, all the things that, that made uh, playing special for you in the NFL. And it, it was great to uh, get some of those stories. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. Uh, you're, I sure do appreciate it. Now, and I'll tell you one, one, more, one more story, though, is um, encouragement uh, from coaches uh, is important. It's that, they, that they encourage young ballplayers all the time. I had a, I had a coach in um, – in high school that said, you're going to be a really good player. So I'm a really, really good player someday. And I looked at him, I was thinking, is he crazy? I'm only five, nine, 142 pounds as a senior. There's no way that I'm going to be a, a really good player. Not, not that I didn't want to, I wanted to, but, but he gave me that little boost that kept, kept, kept pushing myself to do what I needed to do to, to perform and to succeed in, the, in what I wanted to, which was a uh, football. Thank you. Uh, sorry you gave up baseball because it would have been it would have been nice. I think you would have yeah. had a great career in baseball as well. <laughs> but so. uh, we were better off for it. We I think you had a great career in the NFL. And again, thank you for uh, sharing some stories with us. You're welcome, Jerry. Well, Drew, that wraps up September. We're done. Yeah. Wow. This is. I mean, <laughs> we're nine months too. That's three quarters of a year right there. 
I know we got that's not that was our 30th 38th episode of the year, maybe 39th if you want to count our, our live show. So uh and that doesn't even include our our um our interviews at, at the national. So we're we're get we're getting up there. We're we're, we're having a great great season. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I want to thank Lyle Blackwood from uh the NFL safety for the NFL joining us. It was great to to learn about his career and about uh his dealing with signing autographs and, and collecting. Uh, I want to thank Matt Deutsch from Better Sports Network. That's Better B E T T O R Sports Network. You can get that free online uh and listen free. It's a great they're talking fantasy betting and collectible so check that out i want to thank les wolf joining us for more from les i also want to again welcome our brand new sponsor we want to welcome welcome them drip shot live drip shot dot live forward slash invite forward slash ttm you get saved 15 percent on your first purchase of twenty dollars or more they offer free shipping as well it's a live online marketplace for sports cards and more they have giveaways auctions breaks personal breaks and singles as well you can do it right from your phone or desk check it out drip shot live it's drip shop dot live drip shop dot live forward slash invites forward slash ttm to save so i want to welcome them to the, the show they will be, be with us for a long time i hope give them a try let them know that you're you're uh you heard them on ttm cast we really appreciate it next week drew we have the aba guys Scott Tarter from uh, DroppingDimes.org and Darnell Hillman, ABA legend. And we have Tim Virgilio from Signatures of Soldiers. So, boy, we just uh, the interviews keep on coming, Drew. I have all sorts of interviews that, that I've got planned for the next couple of weeks. We have, all, we have uh, presidents of companies. We have former uh, NFL guy. We have all sorts of cool stuff coming up. So tell your friends what we're doing. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. Drew, what's the email? ttmcast at yahoo.com send us an email send us your questions i want to thank everyone for for hanging in there and the one thing if you take away one thing from this show don't follow our football picks if you want to make money don't follow our football picks we only do it for fun we have no idea what we're talking about half the time (laughs) right drew exactly i mean we've but we're, I mean, into our second season of this, and no, neither of us has ever gone five and zero yet. I mean, I think maybe each of us has gone zero and five a couple of times. I don't think we've ever gone five and zero. We have not gone five and zero any any year and a half. So, so, don't follow our football picks, but please send us an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Thank you. We'd love to hear from you guys. We will see you next week. Many happy returns, and uh, be good, be safe. We'll see you next week.